It's time. It's time for some rubbish to go up the stick. <laughs> time to have a laugh. Time to have a look back at the news stories we've covered during the week. And time, folks, for us all to get together in our church and have a chat. It's time for the man cave. And in the left corner, all the way from his luxurious palatial surroundings in the middle of Lake Burley Griffin, it is time to say hello to the the vice captain of the man cave, Adam McDonald. Good morning to you, brother. Morning, Skipper. Morning, Tommy. Uh, um, also here, thanks very much to Callaway. The man who is in the Guinness Book of Records for having the longest balls in Australia. It is time to say hello to Larry Longball. (laughs) Hello, Lukey. G'day, Adam. G'day, listeners. Larry Longball. G'day. Uh, We're going to set the tone early, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Good to see you all. Good to have you all here on the Man Cave. Larry Canning is with us. Uh, one of my best mates uh, has played the PGA but, uh, tour for how many years? Uh, too many. Ten, I think it was, Lurgy. Yeah, too many. But doesn't get him a demonstration square. <laughs> That's a Callaway story. square driver. That's a long story. It, it, doesn't, get, it doesn't get him any favours from any pro <laughs> shop in Australia. In fact, they lock them up when Larry comes to town. Uh, Larry, thanks to uh, Callaway. Uh, good to have you here in the studio. And our vice-captain, always good to see your face. How you How you been? First to you, vice-captain. What have you had? Yeah, under- going... What have you had? Going well, Skip. Adam McDonald, the um, general manager of All Bids Auctions, the biggest auction house, uh, online auction house in the world, I think, is it? Or is it the Southern Hemisphere? Anyway, it's very, very uh, big. We'll go with the world. We'll go, we'll with, go the world. with the world. What's, uh, what's your um, work been like, brother? I've been, I got the contract to take 28 um, 10-foot containers of overdue storage. So I've just been slowly chipping away at that, which is, for me, it's like a treasure hunt. Open another container, could be anything in there. Um, I haven't found anything great yet, but it's but it's, it's it's very interesting. But like your TV show, Aussie Pickers, there's a TV show about this, isn't there? Or is, is it contained? That's right. The the, the 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 interesting thing about this, you really get a snapshot of the gentleman who owned the stuff. So he's an elderly gentleman, I believe. He was a bureaucrat, um, and it's been in storage for twenty odd years. And the the family's finally said, I don't know why we're paying the storage. That's Let's flick it. So I get to t- I go through everything and I say, "Yep, this is for sale. This can be sold, and this is this is junk." But just getting, you can really get the inside the psyche of the gentleman that that owned the stuff. So um, we're just going through the boxes today, and there was lots of um, how can we say this? Adult magazines. Oh, oh nice. because Canberra, and so, Canberra was the was the capital of porn for a long, long time absolutely. Before, before the internet. Um, and so this guy was a this guy was a devout um, Catholic. And, oh, you know, he's got he's secrets. Man, and, uh, but he's got secrets, but they're all a certain, how can I say, a certain genre. Oh, no. Of adult, oh, of adult no. magazines. Do we ask? No. So, Do we go? Yeah, let's no. ask. No, I'll tell, I can tell you, I, I tell, tell you off here. I mean, it's just, it's just oh. um, basically they're all men. 
Oh, oh, okay. Not okay. that there's anything wrong with nah, that. Nothing no, nothing at all. No. There's not there's anything wrong with that. But it's just interesting because I said to the storage company, because we keep we keep all the personal papers and personal um, effects that the family want back. So which one's your favourite? And I said, do we... Uh, do we do- <laughs> Playgirl, I think it was called, Larry. <laughs> 1982 edition. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just interesting. You get a real snapshot into the personal lives. Yes, of you do. Plenty of uh, snapshots. Lots and lots of snapshots. <laughs> yes, it's exactly that, right. That, that's a funny thing. That's a funny thing, and we should uh, open the lines on, on that as a talker this morning. Um, what have you found? What have you found in uh, your, your dead relatives' uh, goods and shackles? Uh, beca- because the thing, the beauty about the internet is you can delete your history. But imagine if before the internet, it was all on magazines. Exactly I mean, right. And they're lying there there's paper trail. And there's a, there's literally there's a paper trail. I know, I know. One triple three five three. Have you ever had a relative that's passed away and you've gone into their house to, to go through things and work out what to sell and what not to, and you've discovered something a little unsavory? Adam, do you remember years ago here on the night shift, we were talking to a bloke who was doing renovations and there was a hoarder's house and he went in with his gang to get rid of everything and they discovered a sex dungeon downstairs. Oh. Do you remember this? Yes, well, I yeah. can tell you a story about when I was when I was on Aussie Pickers. We were in the middle of Central Victoria in a barn, and we're just about to break for lunch. And I saw this um, staircase had been dug into the dirt. And I said to Tim Cobb and the producer, I said, "I wonder what is there." He goes, "I've got no idea, mate. Why don't after lunch ask him?" So I said to the old fella, he was like 98 years old. He had he had something like 150 cars. I was there to buy a car, and all I bought was some bloody fruit boxes. But that's another story. So I said to him, "What's down there?" He said, "Oh, it's just my my room." Mm. So I said, "Can I have a look?" And they said, "Sure." So they filmed me going down. Mm. And what they did before I went down there, they stuck a cameraman inside. The, like you go down this staircase, and there was a door with one of those little like a jail slot. You know where you slide it across, and you can see in. Yeah. So I'm feeling along the wall and I felt the slot and I opened the slot and the cameraman was inside. He reached out and grabbed me on the face and honestly, I sounded like a two-year-old squealing. I squealed like you wouldn't believe. But when we went in there, it was meticulously clean and it was just four, four walls and a bench along each wall. And it was really, because it was just dug in the dirt, it was really cold and damp and I just said, what, what is it? He said, I've, I just had the means to, so I built a dungeon and just deadpan mm-hmm. looked at, stared at me and I said, okay, let's, uh, <laughs> let's cut that from the edit and uh, let's get out of here. Should have left it in. But, um, we, so we had a bloke ring up um, when, back in the day when Simon was on, we were talking about renovations and, and they were saying, yeah, um, we had this house and it was a hoarder's house. It, was, it took us a week to get rid of all this stuff. It had been collected over a period of 50, 60 years. And they've discovered these stairs, a bit like your story, Adam, going down. And so they went mm. to investigate. And it was plush pile 70s porn carpet. But, the, <laughs> but it, had, it, it had chains and things. It was, oh. a, it was a sex dungeon. A sex dungeon. It was a, an absolute legitimate sex Someone dungeon. Someone else has got one of those as well. That he yeah. had built. And it was a secret from the family. No one knew. And uh, so the things you discover about people... After yeah, they've the things gone. that people do behind closed doors. The footprint that some people leave behind. One triple three five three. Have you discovered something shocking about a relative or a friend after they've passed away? What were they up to? This 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 um, shipping container tells a story about a bloke that was leading maybe a double life, Adam. 
Absolutely would have been. And the the family are very, um, how can I say, very pompous and very, yeah. you know... Pillars of society. And, Absolute pillars of the society, and I thought I'm just going to give it back to them just so they can uh, be, be cut down a couple of notches. I just <laughs> realised that um, old Uncle Gary did have a. Yeah. Oh, side. you meant you grab his name? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's, oh, a, it's not his real name. It's oh. a, yeah, it's not his real name. Good old Uncle Gary. What did you find out about your Uncle Gary? One triple three five five three. Shocking secrets of people that have passed away that you discovered after they'd gone. I wonder if there's any good stories out there. I'd love to hear. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Larry Canning, um, thanks to Callaway. We've you've got some. <laughs> Ball. You've got some balls to give away. I know where this is going. No, yes, no, yes. no, no. You've got some balls Callaway. to give away. And they are long balls. These things go. Yeah? Yep, the Callaway Tour X. Okay. Magnificent things. So we'll just give them away willy-nilly this yeah, morning. Yeah, just give them the willy-nilly. Yeah. yeah. So Both of Give two dozen. One, one for each. Willy and nilly. We've got how many to give away? Uh, one. <laughs> one dozen. dozen, yes. Okay. okay. So if you've got... So we're going to give those away to just random callers that come through. Uh, this morning on uh, on the man cave, one triple three five three is the telephone number. If uh, you have um, anything old, anything you think that's worth, anything of any value, old sporting memorabilia, an old game, old toys, it doesn't matter. Uh, Adam McDonald, the expert on memorabilia, is with us here on Fridays. You can phone through right now one triple three five three, and Adam will tell you what it's worth. Uh, it's the man cave. Larry Canning, myself, Luke Bonnet, and the vice captain, Adam McDonald. Um, we've had an interesting week on the radio, and I'd like to uh, get your thoughts on some of the stuff that we've dealt with. And of all the things going on in the world, the topic that so many people were animated about was the fact that one Barnaby Joyce fell over and was dribbling into a telephone. He'd had too much to drink. He'd mixed his grog with his medication, and it's all very, very sad. Um, I've had Barnaby Joyce on this program over the years many times, and I love talking to him. He's a straight shooter, and his electorate adore him, New England. They love Barnaby Joyce. But unfortunately, Barnaby was caught in Canberra, lying on his back after falling off a planter box. Um... Obviously, it's filmed. Everything these days is filmed. Everyone's smartphone is a camera. And uh, the pictures went around Australia and around the world. Questions were asked whether or not Barnaby is fit to sit on the shadow bench, blah, 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 blah. Uh, But then we also saw the deputy leader of the Nationals in a Senate's estimates meeting slurring her speech. She admitted she'd had some some wine at lunch, but she said it wasn't the wine that made her slur her speech. It was another health issue. Um, and the topic of the amount of alcohol that's consumed in the subsidised parliamentary dining room in Canberra came up. Now, I have been invited twice to this dining room when I lived in Canberra, when I was working on 2CC in Canberra. And I've got to tell you, it, it is amazing. The, the prices of the wines, I'm not a wine expert, Larry, you know a bit more than me. Adam, you know a bit more than me. But wines that would normally cost you 130, 140 bucks a bottle, subsidised and selling for 15 to 20 bucks, and the food's all subsidised. But the copious amounts of alcohol that's consumed at lunch that I witnessed myself was was amazing. And I was there uh, as a guest of a politician at one point, 
lots was being drunk at lunchtime and the bells rang. And this politician said to his media minder, who was also with us, said, oh, shit, what am I voting on again? Oh, no. And they're about to, <laughs> and they're about to go into the chamber to vote on legislation that's changing the course of the country. So there is now a push to breath test politicians before they go into the chamber to vote. Now, listening to us right now, we have plenty of people who work heavy machinery, professional drivers, people who work in the mines that have to have random breath uh, and urine samples taken in order to keep their jobs. Now, these politicians, should they be breath tested? And if they're above 0.05, should they be, I don't know, outed? Their names broadcast, put on a list. You can't sack them because they're democratically elected. But have we got to the point where we have to breath test our politicians before they go into the chamber to vote? Adam McDonald, he's there in the heart of it all in Canberra. Um, I think so. It's it's oh, like it's a, a, um, no, it's a shame. It's like it? a, it's it's it is a shame, but it's just, I just it's just the culture. Like it's been going on for years. You know, have a couple of wines or a couple of beers, and then when going, and I mean, you see them in those in those um, parliamentary meetings. They're just like insolent school children yelling at each other. Oh, question, like question you can time. tell everyone's question time. You can tell everyone's on the source. Oh, um, really? Yeah, you, I used to oh. I used to watch it on the ABC when I came home from the pub. Um, <laughs> well, they don't need a they don't need a drug test. Adam's there. He can he yeah, can suss it out. He yeah, sounds. No, he sounds pissed. It, it, He's get him out. It's Next. It's, it's it's there. It's 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 true. It's the. I mean, like you said, Luke. If if heavy machinery um, guys in the mines and stuff have to be tested all the time, I don't see why Polly's there doing such just as an a dangerous job by making decisions for everybody. So, um, sure, get him get him tested. Do we need to start breath testing politicians, Larry Canning? Well, who gets? You mentioned uh, people that drive big machine, heavy machinery yeah. and stuff, Lukey. That. They get randomly tested, but who doesn't get randomly tested? I mean, there's a lot of people that do jobs that could change the course of someone's life, yeah. even their own, mm. that aren't randomly tested. So why are we picking on these pollies? Doctors. Because because yeah, well, doctors, nurses, nurses. Uh, teachers, uh, hotel licensees, I'm one of those. In fact, now, cross that one off. Um, gun shop owners, I've just written that down. I mean, you know, you, you, where does it start? Where does it stop? I mean, I think it. I well, I think it starts, and I think it starts with the the heavily subsidised booze that's readily available on the on the door before you go in. Polly hater, that's where it is. Like, like um, the the primary school, Mrs. Smith, the primary school two year two primary school teachers not sitting at the bar before. You know, at recess before well, she wait, go hang back on, in wait, class, hang on, it's, is not, she? it's not there. Do we know that? Do, no, do it's we... not there. It's not. It's not readily available. No. At, in the parliament, like, there's a there's a there's a there's a there's wine and food readily available at a hugely subsidised price. So why wouldn't you? I mean, if I was a politician, hell, I'm thinking about going into politics now just for that. Yeah, your liver couldn't cope. Maybe one term. Um, the, the thing is, they all have many. <laughs> they they all have mini bars in their offices as well. Look, yeah. the thing is, politicians are elected and we pay their wages. And don't, do we deserve better? Do we deserve better? One triple three five three. Now, Barnaby, it was after hours. He was in Canberra and he went to a couple of functions, drank too much with medication and he fell over. Um, look, when you go to Canberra and you're a politician, you're at work. I don't know. I, look, I'm not a wowser. Look, I think you should be able to do whatever it is you want to do in, in your own home. But it's very, very sad when you see the former Deputy Prime Minister and Leader of the Nationals on his back dribbling into a telephone. Um, 
Uh, anyway, you know, all, since he since he did that all around Canberra, there's been chalk outlines. Yeah, like people <laughs> running around run, doing chalk outlines on the footpaths. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it was unfortunate, but the the thing is, should we need to breath test politicians because we ultimately pay their wages and we're also paying for the grog that they're on? One triple three five three. Tell me, do you work in a job where you are randomly breath tested or urine tested? Uh, to make sure that you're alcohol and drug free. What 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 is your job? And do you think we deserve better from our politicians? Give us a call. Lines are available. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, are you Taylor Swifted out? Yep, fellas. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not our demographic, but I don't know. Mm. Um, I have a stepdaughter who's absolutely Taylor Swift mad, has all the friendship bracelets, went to the Melbourne, flew to Melbourne, bought accommodation, went to the concert and was trying to get to the Sydney concert as well. Oh, so she liked it. She loved the the Melbourne. Loves, loves, loves Taylor Swift. Yeah, but the the concert she enjoyed? She loved the concert. It's all on her phone. She, She spent more time filming it through her phone than actually looking at the stage of the real person. Oh, yeah. I can't That's a thing now. I know. That's a thing. You know, everyone used to hold up cigarette lighters. Yeah. At the at the rock shows, now it's you just see uh, phone screens. Anyway, she's done a lot for the Australian economy. Um, the real test as to whether or not Taylor Swift is the biggest star in the world is see if she needs ID at the Manly sixteen foot skiff club. But um, <laughs> she she went out to a Italian restaurant the other day, and it was like made worldwide news. Taylor Swift. Eats dinner, and, and then she went to the the the, the zoo out in Western suburbs the other day, and there's pictures of her in the Daily Telegraph that are so grainy they've been taken from Google Earth, I think. Uh, like, really, do we care that Taylor Swift has patted a koala at a zoo? It, it's driving me cuckoo. Um, Larry Canning, um, is are you over it? Oh, you absolutely, but, yeah, but, but it's not but, our age group. No, it's not. Um, the, the power that she has worries me. I mean, the, the social media these days, mm. it's, it, it makes the world so tiny. And she's got, like, millions of followers. If she takes any sort of political view on anything, she it, she has to be so careful what she says. But if she says something, I mean, about Biden or Trump, and it's coming up, and she has in the past she has. dribbled a couple of little things out, that could change the course of, of, of politics in America. Well, I wonder... Should the Democrats... Is, are, are, her fans, are her fans voters, though? Are they, are they younger? Oh, it's 21 over there, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's so a good So I think point. Their, their demographic would be would be a bit younger. But I think the, the people now, like Taylor Swift, would be like... It's like Beatlemania when you were growing up, Luke. Like, it's, a, it's the same thing. I don't think the Beatles were all that flash hot, but, you know, it was just the hysteria behind them. It's the same with Taylor Swift. But, but the social but media thing... The, the, this, 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 well, this period mass, that, is... That's massive, It's a yeah. different gig, isn't it? Okay. Absolutely. Is yeah. Taylor Swift as big as the Beatles? Now, when the Beatles came to Australia in 1964, and for some strange reason, Australia was ahead of everybody else, we sort of recognised that the Beatles were huge before America. And they came here in 64 and landed in Adelaide, uh, and they didn't have Ringo with them. They had the standing drummer at that point. But um, three quarters of Adelaide, of South Australia's population, three quarters of South Australia's population turned up at the town hall when they stood on the balcony and waved to the crowd. Why Un- would you land at Adelaide? Oh, they went to- <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, it wouldn't be a direct flight. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> wouldn't back in those days? I think it was. I don't know. Maybe that went to Perth. Maybe that's maybe that's my bad. Is is and, and uh, I'd just like to say to all my Adelaide listeners on Triple M, <laughs> we love you very very much. We love you very much. If you've got a survey book, please keep ticking. But uh, but is will Taylor Swift be as big in forty years time as the Beatles were forty years after they split up? Is that a fair question? Yeah, very good question. And no, no, very good question. But I think. Back in the the, Be- the Beatles days, you had to turn up, otherwise you don't see them. With the the social media mm. presence, you don't have to turn up. You've got you got the online presence. So if you you put you weigh the social media presence into the the debate, I think Taylor's much bigger. Would it be fair to say the Beatles changed the course of musical history, Luke, with their with just with their songs, with with what they wrote? Well, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but my stepdaughter, who is, says that her songs, she writes all her own mm. songs. Her songs have Does great... Does she? Yes. Yeah, but are they going to change? Even Paul yeah, Kelly's right. just covered a Taylor Swift song. People are, are covering... Ta- so, look, it's not my go. I've tried. I've listened to the music. I've read the lyrics. But musically, it just hasn't clicked with me. But will we be talking about Taylor Swift in 40 years like we still talk about the Beatles? Now, here's a, an interesting story that I saw in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, earlier this week. That was last, last week. Robert Moran wrote a fantastic article about the time he was working as the entertainment editor for a magazine called Girlfriend. It was a national magazine oh, yeah. yep. for teenage girls where he and uh, a number of 20-something others would spend days interviewing people like Hilary Duff and iCarly, whoever that is, and uh, the Olsen twins, and one of the people that they spoke to was a young Taylor Swift, 19 years of age. And she played a solo gig in Sydney. And this particular journalist went along. There were about 400 people there. Um, no, no one knew who she was. No one was particularly moved at the concert. But nonetheless, it was a young Taylor Swift. Uh, that was at the fa- was that at the factory theater or somewhere like that. Marrickville, like a little small Marrickville. Yeah, the fa- fa- <clears throat> factory theater. I went, I went and saw the Mexican wrestling there not long ago. Is that right? That that's another story. Okay. Anyway, so she was about nineteen, and uh, she was playing country music. Uh, Nashville was her home, and um, he interviewed her. They talked about Christmas tree farms and all sorts of silly things, <laughs> stuff that young girls wanted to read in, in magazines. But she was an absolute nobody. But He said, I saw her as a genuine talent, someone who writes all her own songs, someone who could eventually end wars with a smile. Anyway, uh, they thought that could be the end of Taylor Swift. It's just an interesting article because it got me thinking. Who did you see live when they were nobody and they became huge? Now, I was was dead because I was very much into jazz and blues and a friend of mine dared me to go to a venue in Manly called The Flicks. And it used to be a Hoyts theatre and they transformed it into a live music venue. And they'd taken out all the seating upstairs, the downstairs, but there was still seating upstairs. And Midnight All were playing. And it was the day that they released a song called Run By Night, which I loved. I thought it was a great song, but I'd never seen this Peter Garrett, this huge bald man with such enormous presence. And 79 apparently was late to get into Midnight Oil. There were people I knew that had been in the Midnight Oil since 1977. But I remember seeing Midnight Oil playing and really working hard. 
um, I remember seeing ACDC rehearsing at a, at a school hall in North Sydney in 1975, thinking, oh, there's shit, they'll go nowhere. Um, I, I saw early Cole Chisel. I was very, very lucky to see early Cole Chisel. But I just, at the time, do you know these bands are going to be big or do the, a lot of them just disappear into the ether as lots of bands do? So it just got me thinking, who did you see when they were nobody and now they're huge? Adam McDonald, vice-captain. I saw, um, you know, the band Tool? No. No. <laughs> You just made it's, that it's, up. It's a heavy metal. It's a heavy metal band. Maynard. Heavy metal and it's called Tool. There's an irony there, surely. Tool. They're they're ma- they're massive. Um, but I saw them at Macquarie University. It would have been in 1996. And now this was um, before they, they before they were big. They, Macquarie University had just had this. Um, it was like a band day, like a, a music festival day. And I didn't actually go to the university, but I had a lot of friends that went to the university, so I used to drink at the university bar all the time. And I got asked to host the music festival because everyone thought I went to the university. And, uh, yeah, Tool played. And I remember it was at dusk, and he, he hmm. came and he was painted half white, half half white. And, yeah, they got a song called Sober. Great band. But, um, yeah, they, Is that, that your was claim to fame? They were, they were Tool. Mass. That's it. That's your Tool. Tool. Larry, did you ever see anyone when they were nobody? No, no, I didn't. And I've been trying to think. When you you come up with the subject, Luke, I've been trying to think of anything that resembles. Well, I'd probably go better than two, even if I made one up. But um, look, I saw. The the nearest I can get, Lukey, is I saw Tina Turner at the Gosford Leagues Club. That's that's a great day. But this is. I mean, she was famous, then she wasn't. Then it all fell over. It it crumbled and. And there's Tina up on the stage you saw in front of a couple of hundred people. Oh, no. And it was sad. It was magnificent to watch, but yeah. sad. And I felt horrible for her. And, you know, Ike was a horrible bloke that had, I think that split up yeah. by that point. Yeah. It must have been in the 70s. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, 70s. Yeah, it wouldn't have been. Tina Turner and maybe a couple of hundred she people. She was magnificent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sandra, that I was with my wife, my wife-to-be, Sandra, at, Sandra. The, at that time. Yeah. Who have you seen, folks, when they were absolutely nobody? And now they be, they're huge. Can you can you think? Take, maybe it was a concert, maybe it was a school dance. Um, I remember getting a phone call from a bloke who went to a school dance at a hall in Barrel, oh. in the Southern Highlands, and it was ACDC. No, they played at a school dance in Barrel. It's fairly conservative down there, Lurky, as you know. Yeah. I live there. So anyway, it just got me thinking. Here's a, a journalist, Robert Moran who many, many years ago interviewed a 19-year-old Taylor Swift. She had about 400 people listening to her when she played at this room in Marrickville. And now look at her. Now look at her. Uh, 13353 is the telephone number if uh, you uh, have got some memories you'd like to share. Um, that'll get us so start. Here's a quick question for you, Luke. I had someone contact me that was listening last week, and she found a photo, like a series of photos behind a, um, a bar in or a pub in the city of early, very early ACDC. Now, she sent me photos of it, and it's Bon Scott, it's Angus. Angus looks like he's about 19. Mm-hmm. And she was wondering what, what something like that would be worth. They're genuine photos, like they're not photocopies or remakes. It's a, it's a series of photos of Angus, and he's wearing the school uniform, but it's all white, and he's got the devil horns. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, was, from, yeah, that was from 
Was that from, was that from Highway to Hell? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, so um, very interesting. So I've got to go and meet her next week and have a close look at them. Um, but very interesting. She just found them at the back of a pub in the city. So who did you see when they were Neville nobodies and they went on to be huge? Did you discover someone before they became famous? I bet you there's some great stories out there. One triple three five three. We've got goodies to give away just willy-nilly between now and when we finish in three hours' time. Uh, we've got the quickie still to come. If you're a golfer, you're lucky. Larry Canning, thanks to Callaway, has got uh, some balls to give away. And you should see these balls. They are magnificent They're balls. They're the best balls I've they seen. Are the be- they are very good They're balls. magnificent things. I, I, I They're have, brand new too, Luke. I have T-shirts. Most of them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we have call of the week up for grabs later this morning. I'm giving away a Aussie hose. I'm giving away some Swift Grow. I'm giving away a Pestrol Mozzie Zapper, uh, a Triple M T-shirt. I've got all sorts of things to give away this morning. We like to finish the week with a bit of a laugh. So if you can make us laugh, if you can inspire us and create some conversation, you get extra points for that as well. One triple three five three is the telephone number. It's great to have your company. It's the Man Cave with Larry Longball canning the <laughs> vice captain, Adam McDonald. And you're listening to the Night Shift around Australia. And because it's Friday, it's uh, all 80s um, Friday right across the Triple M network. That's why we had to get rid of yesterday's quickie before today. So, look, here's a clue. Today's quickie is an 80s song. That's the only clue. But that's a given, isn't it, Thomas? Thomas, I think your quickie today is the most ridiculous it's not even a piece of music. I'll give the boys a listen. Folks, here is today's quickie. Okay? It's an 80s song. If you can tell us the name of the song and the name of the artist, you've won a Triple M t-shirt. And Callaway... Yeah, a dozen Tour X. A dozen Callaway Tour X. Golf balls. Golf balls. All right. Here it is. It never goes off in the first hour. Here is today's quickie. Oh, pardon me. Excuse me, I must have been something I ate. <laughs> pardon, sorry. That is the most ridiculous. That's oh, it. There I go again, sorry. Adam, you know what it is. Well, I've been told, but there's no I don't I don't reckon anyone's getting it. Yeah, I think those balls are safe with you, <laughs> Larry's balls are very safe. Very safe. That's the quickie. It's an 80s song. That's ridiculous. Huge hit. Um, a, a great band. Oh, I've just said it. Okay, it's a band. It's a band. 80s. It's an 80s band. That's the quickie. One triple three, five three is the telephone number. Just before we jump onto calls here on the Man Cave, um, in the t- Daily Telegraph yesterday, there is a huge aerial shot, probably taken from a drone, of the Olympic precinct at Homebush where Taylor Swift is doing her thing tonight. But there's no Taylor Swift yesterday, but what was there was the huge merchandising tents. Unbelievable. And the queue of young 13, 14 and 15-year-old girls with their mothers hovering under umbrellas because of the heat, standing in line, some of them, since five o'clock in the morning and the merch tent didn't open till 10. I am talking a kilometre at least of curling 
queues waiting to buy hoodies, drink bottles, friendship bracelets, and these little glasses. They're white glasses in the shape of hearts. This is the Taylor Swift merch. Adam McDonald, I'll bring you in because you're an expert on all of this. This merchandise has got to be, it's got to be worth more than the ticket sales, hasn't it? I think that the the sales of merchandise would be more than the actual show would make. Yeah, because everybody buys a hoodie. I don't know what's a what's a Taylor Swift ticket worth? A couple hundred bucks. Um, three hundred for. And then you got to go. You get the drink. Yeah, you get the drink bottle. You get the the hoodie. You get the glass hearts. It's it's a thousand dollar exercise. And if you have got a couple of kids that are into it, it's it's not cheap. But all this all this merchandise is. Um, it's not worth it's not worth a lick of anything um, moving forward. Old stuff is because um, there was a limited number, but they'd be churning out millions of these of these of these hoodies and and all this merch. So it's not there's no there's no value in it. One triple three five three. Here, let me throw this question in before we go to calls. Did you go to a gig years ago? Because one of our questions is, who did you see before they were famous? because of this wonderful article written in the City Morning Herald this week by Robert Moran, who saw Taylor Swift when she was only 19 and only 400 people were there seeing, and they were there to see other artists as well. Now look at it. But did you go to a concert many years ago and did you keep some merchandise and do you still have it? Would it be worth anything? Adam, if you went to ACDC in 1979, while Bon Scott was still alive, and you kept... Your, your, your ticket stub, or maybe you bought yeah, a T-shirt. Well, is that worth anything? Absolutely. The k- ticket stubs would. I don't even know if they would have done tour shirts back then. Yeah. It would have been a new thing. I mean, when did come, the merch thing, come out in the 80s. When did the merch thing start rolling along? Yeah, I've, I don't know. I'd say it would be in the 80s. I think in the 70s, I don't think, you'd, I don't think they would have been... You know, you can't buy a drink bottle or a, or a, or a jumper or a T-shirt. I think maybe mid-80s would be my guess, but I'll look into it. But, um, yeah, my guess is mid-80s is when you could start getting the tool shirt. What have you got, Larry? Have you got any merch? Yeah, I've got a, um, a, a, a what do you call it with the hood? A hoodie. I've got a hoodie um, from, her, from, from, from last year's, uh, from Cam Smith, from last year's um, Live Golf Tournament. Oh, <laughs> hang on, is it, did Cam Smith sign it? <laughs> no, no. But his, his face is sort of is it, described is it Matt, on it. M- m- it, it, is look, it it's, it's one of seven million, I believe. Yeah, so <laughs> limited edition. Yeah, 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 right. yeah and that's fantastic. Yeah, so I signed it. I'd, pro- I'd, I'd probably hang <laughs> hang hang on to it for a little bit longer. <laughs> that, yeah. What have you got? Like? I, I, I've got a I've got a Led Zeppelin Ramwick Racecourse Sydney Showground Sydney Showground oh, nice. ticket from 1972 laminated with the program, but that was given to me by a listener. Oh, okay. Who knows I'm a Led Zepp fan. And I've, it's all laminated. It's up on my man cave wall. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've kept, I've kept the, um, the lanyard and the laminated ticket to the cause I went to at Hopi's. But I never, I never used to keep that stuff. I know people who have kept every ticket stub of every concert they've ever been to. And they, you know, they keep it. Are they worth anything? It's just, your, it's just for your memories, isn't it? Unless it's signed, mm. Adam. Yeah, unless it's signed. I mean, I've got the first rock concert I went to was ACDC, The Razor's Edge, and I've still got that ticket stub. But that's, I mean, that's not worth much. That's, that's for me. So the just, um, go, just googling band merch started to get big. It has been around since the fifties, but it started to get really take off in the eighties. 
that little girl that was lucky in Melbourne that was lucky enough to be called up to the stage at Taylor Swift's concert. You can see this little girl's in tears. She cannot believe she's meeting her idol. And Taylor Swift gets down, sits down, and gave her her bowler hat and placed it on her head. Now, it's not signed, but there's video of her handing it to her. I don't know if, yes. that's, all, if that's all the providence you need. What would that be worth, Adam? Absolutely. That'd be worth that'd be worth someone to pay thousands and thousands for that, um, because you know you, you can see it going from Taylor onto the little girl's head. So um, that's you don't need it signed. That's all the providence you need. Someone would someone would pay huge money for that. What have um, you got? What have you I got? Mean, people are paying three hundred bucks just for a, just for a concert ticket. You buy, buy an actual personal item of hers. There'll be thousands. It must be very frustrating for a pop star or a famous sports star to hand somebody in the crowd uh, a, a shoe or a cap or a whatever only to see it the on next eBay. day on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be frustrating. That would be really it? annoying, wouldn't it? Uh, so tell us... You'd, what, know, you'd know that's going to happen, though. You'd know. Is that why a lot of pop stars and sports stars now actually personally write you a message, not just their signature, so that you can't sell it? Oh. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because um, if it says... Um, Dear Luke, it's not worth anything. Yeah, like the signature's not—it's not worth anything. Um, but if it's just the signature of the star, that's when the big money is. But if it's personalised, it's—it's not worth anything. One triple three five three. It's the man cave on Long Neck Friday. Uh, Larry Canning is with us. Um, a good mate, Larry, uh, golfer extraordinaire. He's got uh, thanks to Callaway, is giving us some stuff to give away. Um, the vice captain, Adam McDonald. From uh, All Bids Auctions, he's the general manager. If you've got something around your house and you think it might be worth something, give Adam a call. He'll uh, he'll tell you what it's worth on the radio. Andy's online. G'day, Andy. G'day, mate. G'day, Luke. Adam, how you doing, mate? Andy, what's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, I used to work with uh, Mark Seymour from Hunters and Collectors. Ah. Hey, Yeah, that's... Great band, great band. Uh, tell me about Mark Seymour. How did you know him? What did you do? Well, both of us worked at the same place. It was a plastic factory in Fitzroy, down in Melbourne. And, really? Uh, yeah, he used to... Well, he was just a yardie, so uh, we'd make the coil pipes, and uh, uh, he just helped load the trucks and uh, worked pretty much in and around dispatch. So um, mm. he, he still had the band, Um but they were only doing pub gigs uh, down and around the Fitzroy area. And, uh, yeah, went down to see him one night. They were, they were pretty good. Not my type of music, but uh, he always sounds like he's half out of tune. But, uh, I know. He's not the best. He's he's a terrible singer. I shouldn't say that. He's not a great singer, but Should, they write good songs. say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just very catchy, you know, and uh, um, and the writing of the songs too. Like, every year he's at the grand final uh, doing the Holy Grail and that. And, uh yeah, I look at him and uh, my wife goes, oh, you used to work with him. And I said, yeah, I know I did. I wouldn't think I'm, I might be old, but I haven't got Alzheimer's. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard from Jenna for a while. I hope she's okay. But uh, yeah, but um, there was that. And uh, I'm just trying to think of his um, name, the lead singer out of Men at Work. Um, we were down there one night. Colin Hay. Colin Hay. They were playing down there as well. And I was at the bar getting a drink and he was talking to someone else. He goes, oh, they're no bloody good. They're not going to make anything of themselves. And I went, oh, okay. Fair enough, you know. Walked away. And, uh, yeah, next you know, over the years, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I love these and stories. I love these stories. Yeah. yeah. Remember, well, here's one for you. I don't know if you remember 
whether you're living in Sydney, and I think I spoke to Adam when you were on holidays, and uh, Kerry Packer put on a big 21st on his property um, in Sydney uh, for Gretel. I don't know, but it was all over the newspapers, and uh, I took a truckload of uh, stuff up there for a florist in Melbourne called Kevin O'Neill, and um, he's uh, dead and gone now. Um, uh, it was all like marquees, looked like a circus set up in his backyard. There was three tiers. Bob Hawke was there. Um, all the people that obviously Kerry Packer knew, the, the big knobs, they were there. A lot of detectives from the uh, Sydney uh, police force took holidays to be there for security. And I got asked to, you know, being a big bloke and uh, fairly young at the time, in the early 20s, um, got asked to hang around for that night for security as well. And uh, I happened to be there when John Farnham came in to do his um, sound check, and I was actually sitting with his mother. Uh, no, wow, what a great story. Standing right behind Richard Wilkins, who was the DJ for the night. Yeah. Um, I think you were on, Adam, and we were talking about the candlesticks, where uh, there's three of these gold candlesticks in the world. Uh, Queen Elizabeth has one, Kerry Packer had the other two. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't. Yep. Wow, we. That's yeah. quite a. That's quite a part. That's quite a party. I find it interesting. The um, like the police couldn't do that anymore. Moonlighting is security. Um, no. I think that's. To, I think that's totally illegal these days. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if uh, oh, so yeah, back in those days, you know, it's what like year was it? What, what year was it? That would have been. Well, I think it was around eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to look at Gretel's date of birth, and then work it from there. Yeah. But I remember yeah, buying right. a brand new truck in 1987, and it wasn't long after that I was up in Sydney doing the, um, oh, we took up all the burgundy velvet that went right around all these marquees. They had, um, like, polished uh, dance floor. Uh, there was silver and burgundy as well that matched the curtains. Um, they had a gold ice cream-making machine, uh, they had girls here with mini skirts walking around with trays of cigarettes and cigars. Um, oh, yeah, wow. It was amazing. And this was uh, just a 21st birthday. So wow. I got, meet, I got to meet Kerry's uh, wife. She is absolutely adorable. Right. Uh, she was yeah. making coffee and sandwiches for uh, the workers there. She was making sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah, she was, yeah. <laughs> oh, and dear. there's Kerry sitting there reading the reading the newspaper and that I'm standing about five feet away from him. He said, hey, go, mate. Said, yeah, pretty good, you know, and um, yeah, and oh, it was a, that was a great night. Yeah. Wow, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing, Andy. You're in the draw for Core of the Week. And we'll, Do you play golf? Uh, me? Uh, don't, but my young boy does. Oh, okay, yes, Callaway Golf Balls, Callaway Tour X, yes. Would you like some golf balls for your boy? <laughs> Sorry. I think he loves some. He, uh, he needs as much help as he can get. Okay. Brand new, most of them. <laughs> okay, Andy, stay there. We'll send you some Callaway golf balls. Thanks to Larry Canning and Callaway. Great story. Great story. That's a hell of a, a hell of a party. Uh, as only Kerry Packer could do. That's going to be hard to top. What a legend. It? What a great party. to. Because to, uh, 1988, when Hopi and I brought the Little River Band to Bathurst, it was 1988, and it was the first year that the Bathurst 1000 became the Tui's 1000. Mm, and so mm. we went to the Tui's opposition and we, and we called it the Fosters. <laughs> yeah, well, you've told me this. Yeah, yeah anyway, <laughs> but we got, we got uh, off-duty police officers in Bathurst to be our security. Oh, yeah. 
And and even though we did all that, our, our liquor license was taken away. The concert was on the Thursday night. The Wednesday, the licensing sergeant came back from holidays and and took away our, our liquor license because we didn't have seating downstairs. We had food provided, but it had to be a seated dinner. And we could only sell the, the, uh, the seating upstairs um, for the, for the sit-down dinner. So our, our liquor license was taken away. We lost a, hell of a lot of money. But, yeah, we had off-duty police officers in Bathurst doing our security. Didn't get us our liquor license, though. Um, Andy just mentioned Bob Hawke. Um, I've seen Bob Hawke nude. I've just got to get that out there. In the locker room at uh, New South Wales Golf Club, we played a pro-am. Hang on. Then we'll come back. <laughs> we've, we've got to come back for that story, okay? <laughs> We'll come back for that story. Andy, you stay there. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Have you got any merch that you bought at a concert? What did you buy? How much was it? And is it worth anything today? Give us a call. One triple three five three. The night shift. The man cave. Triple M. Had to throw something in. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's keen to tell the story. The man cave here on Triple M Friday morning as we uh Look back at some of the stories we've covered during the week. Uh, Larry Canning, you saw Bob Hawke nude. That would have destroyed you forever, wouldn't it? Well, it kind of did because he's not a very tall man. Mm. And I'll just leave it at that. And I am a tall man. Yes. I wasn't nude. What, what, what were the circumstances? We, we just played a pro-am at New South Wales Golf Club. And there was quite a few celebrities there. Tony Gregg, I remember Tony Gregg. I didn't, didn't see him nude. But Bob just happened to walk out of the shower. He had a towel around him, and I, well, you know, and then it just sort of fell onto the ground. It was like, and, he, and he, I think he had his hands behind his back. That's why he oh, dropped it. No, no, he, no. he was parading. No, he was a, dare I say, no. a, 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 a peacock. He was a of. man's man. No, that was Andrew Peacock. Yeah, <laughs> he came out laughter. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was interesting. Yeah, so I've just um, and that, that uh, you know, and because I respect Bob, I won't say any more about that. And I. Losing my self respect as I'm as I'm speaking. But Bob Hawke in the showers dropped the towel. Dropped the is, towel. Is that nude. what you're saying? Yeah, came out nude. Uh, one triple three five three. Who have you seen nude? Give it. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's online. Matthew, hello. Matthew, what's going on? Hello, guys. How are you going? We're good. Matthew, talk. Good. Um, I'm from Melbourne. Uh, when I was younger, it was. Back in 1987, uh, the Fitzroy Football Club was sort of going bankrupt and they had a benefit concert, which I went along to, and they had mm. some cast from a TV show there, just, you know, doing some acts. Who? Well, one of the girls, she got up on stage and decided to sing a song, which was a cover of the song Locomotion. Oh. And oh. Kylie! And then after that night, Mushroom signed her and she released the single. Wow! Wow, way. So she was. Now she's a, one of the biggest, world's biggest. So Kylie from Neighbours sang her, sang Locomotion just as a charity thing. Yeah, so next, you Google it, next show. thing you know, Gadinsky. Was Gadinsky there? Well, one of them was there because it was a whole lot of people trying. Well, Mushroom to... Records was Gadinsky. So he must have been there and thought, oh, I, I see some money here. I see it. There you are. There you are. So, yeah, it was a very young. You were there when it happened. The first time she and sang the, the song. And, and that was at the Fitzroy Football Club? Yep, and Didn't that help. same year, I Did think it? that's when they <laughs> folded and that became the Brisbane Bears. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good story. Good story, Matthew. Thank you for sharing. Good on no, you, Matthew. Who did you see before they were famous? One triple three five three is the telephone number. Hey, listen. 
if uh, you work long hours, if you're driving, if you're doing shift work and you need to stay awake and stay alert, but the other, the, the important thing is if you need your immune system working as good as it possibly can, it's all about good nutrition. Adam and I swear, Nature Bee's power pollen. I put Adam onto Nature Bee when he had a terrible accident and was told by doctors, not just one, doctors, that he would never walk again properly. And I remember you used to come, when you were healing, I thought that you'd be coming into the studio in a wheelchair. And when I saw you walking with your crutches, it was a massive improvement. Next thing you know, you're not on crutches anymore. And now, to watch you walk, you'd never know you had that accident and you were told you wouldn't walk again. It's true. And I think the the main thing for me was Nature B and the the healing, not the healing properties, but my immune system was just at its peak. So um, sitting down with the doctors, they said to me numerous times, you're going to have complications. It's been, a, um, I think I was in surgery for 18 hours oh, yeah. um, doing both ankles. And they said, you will get complications. You will get infections. There'll be setbacks. And um, I mean, I did look after myself, but I put it down Nature B. I did not get one infection, not one setback. I had the the best recovery that anyone could ever wish for, considering what I went through. And I, I put, I, I, I swear by Nature B, it, um, you just can't beat the healing properties that it's got. It is unbelievable, and it's all natural. It's just pollen that happens to have nearly every vitamin and mineral known to man. It's a superfood. Give it a go. You get a week for free. Go online, powerpollen.com.au. Use the code 10OFF, number 10, 10OFF. And uh, you'll get a week for free. Stocks are limited. Hurry up. Get this into you. You will thank us. Lots of people online wanting to have a crack. Uh, and and they say here on the Man Cave, we're having a bit of fun. It's all 80s. The quickie sounds like this, which is ridiculous. Thomas, you need to be, you, you, you should be ashamed of yourself. We're trying to give people a fair income go here. And that is ridiculous. Well, Luke, if I made it any longer, people would get it straight away. I do it myself every week. Okay, it's an 80s song. It was a big hit. We'll give you another clue right after this. With the vice captain, Adam McDonald, uh, star of the TV show, Aussie Pickers, expert in memorabilia. Larry Canning has jumped in today. Larry's a good mate of mine, um, a professional golfer, plays the, the PGA, played the tour, uh, has given us some Callaway balls to give away. And uh, Larry, you've um, met a lot of interesting people. You had a great Greg Norman story. You were very good friends, very close friends with, with Greg Norman at Monash, I believe. You bonded, and uh, he, he nearly made you godfather of his daughter. It's a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely story. And we'll we'll share we'll share that story a little bit later on. It's up there with your Bob Hawke story. One triple three five three. Here is the quickie. It is this ridiculously tough, and I apologise. We know it's 80s. We know it's a band. Um, Jules, Jules, have a crack. Duran uh, Duran, a view to a kill. No, it's not. James, hello? James, Hi, James. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, you make my dreams come true by Hall & Oates. No, 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 it's not. I'm sorry. And last one for this hour, Mark. What's the quickie? I reckon Funky Town by Sidoeka. No, great song. Mm, Very good song. But no, Um, I'm going to give a clue. 1982. 1982. Big hit. (laughs) 
ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Better than the ring. Better than the Ringo Starr. No, that Ringo Starr song was just hopeless. What was what was the song he picked? Oh, it's called La Di Da. La Di Da. So, so the idea of the quickie is we play a song that was a hit, a good song, a good song, as opposed to that. This was the biggest piece of shit you've ever seen. Even <laughs> even Ringo Starr denies he had anything to do with it. And uh, Thomas picked La. I don't know where he found it. Anyway, anyway, he's he's learned since then. Lewis is online on the man cave. Good day, Lewis. Morning. Good, mate. Tell us, G'day, your, Lewis. Tell us your story. You? Oh, well, um, well I, this is slightly, I suppose, back to a topic we were discussing earlier by the sounds of it. I got in my car and I heard you guys chatting something along the lines of um, drinking at work. Was that correct? Correct. Yes, yes. Uh, because yeah. of Barnaby Joyce and a few other things that have happened uh-huh. in Canberra. Um, right. And I spoke to Bob Catter about this late last week and he said he knows of politicians that do a lot worse than what Barnaby Joyce did in the parliament, in the dining room. I've witnessed unbelievable consumption of subsidised alcohol in the parliamentary dining room. Should politicians be breath tested and drug tested before they vote on legislation? Lewis, your thoughts? My thoughts. Well, I can't, I apologise. I can't speak for politicians. I can come from the position of a, a lecturer and a school teacher and a psychologist. Uh, I, I find it interesting. I always found the lunchtime pint quite a perplexing little paradox because as a teacher, right, our job, if you're competent and you want to do the utmost that you can, is possibly to, uh, how can we put it, uh, facilitate the intellect ascendancy from the doldrums of necessity into the ether of the finally superfluous. Now, if you can stand there in front of a room of Jesus, children... Jesus, did you... Hang on a second. And, hang on a second. Hey, what, hey, 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 okay. what was what? that? Say that again. Sorry. <laughs> I think as a teacher, if any, well, I'm an English teacher and a psychology teacher. I think if you have any level of competency and you take accountability for your job, what you should be able to do is stand in front of your students and, what did I say, facilitate the intellect's ascendancy from the doldrums of necessity into the ether of the finally superfluous. And now. God, I think I love you, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, break that down. Break that down for me, Lewis. I'm, I'm, I'm can, a bit of a layman. What, is, what, what, I can, what does that I can mean? Do that. What we're looking to do is facilitate... Well, the, 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 the square the of the inter- hypotenuse is equal to what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's equal to the sum of the two remaining sides. Sides, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what that was Pythagoras but from memory. Good bloke. Yeah, Hell of a guy. We Top bloke. That, 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 couldn't hold his, dr- nah, couldn't hold his couldn't piss, though. Every day, Terrible yeah. drunk. Anyway, sorry, go on. That, sorry. I suppose that sentence is an English teacher's way of saying, you know, we need to take the child's intellect from the doldrums of necessity, so from things that we, we deem as just what you should have in life as an as a everyday occurrence, and, and if we can, elevate that to the heights of absolute brilliance. I think that's my job, right? Yep. So what I find fascinating, though, when you stand in front of a group full of children, right, it always takes me back to J.M. Barry in 1911. He wrote Peter Pan. And Peter Pan is actually titled after the god Pan, the Grecian god Pan, because what he did is pull the roots out of the river of Asphodel and oh, make Jesus. the pan flute. And from the pan flute, he made every single note. That's why pan means everything. When you have a child, they are unlimited potential. How do you reckon you'd go if you were one of this bloke's students? Fair dinkum. Oh, I've got a teacher. My son's a teacher. He doesn't sound like Lewis. Of a room of those things, if you can comprehend what you need to do, you can literally stand in front of unlimited potential and educate them to the best of their ability. Now, that makes a lot of people very, very intimidated. So what people do often is have a drink. This bloke's enough to drive you to a bricklayer's apprenticeship. <laughs> I'm leaving school now. I'm leaving school I'm now, yeah, yeah. Of your mind, so you can actually act 
as you wish you could if you were actually sober. Now, isn't that fascinating? Oh, no. Oh, no. Warning. Warning. This call has now been taken out of Luke Boner's control. Danger. The Triple M Borometer has now taken over. Danger. This call has now been terminated Danger. as it is deemed too boring to continue. Danger. Triple M would like to apologise for it going on as long as it has. Danger. Normal programming will now continue. Will now continue. Oh dear, that, I had nothing to do with that. Who who did that? Thomas? No, the, the machinery does it. Oh, the machinery did that. The, the machinery does it. Imagine oh, sta- imagine being work. a student in that in that class. Wow. Oh, it's enough to drive you to a um a bricklayer's apprenticeship. I think. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the um maybe the the politicians' jobs are so boring they need to get on the drink. Yeah, maybe. Was you it know what I mean? Like, no, it yeah, I think I'm, I'm hearing it. Oh, yeah, that was um, that was that was anyway. It was different. It was different. One triple three five three is the that's uh, an example of what uh, too many years of university does, <laughs> isn't it? You can be overeducated. You can be Clearly. overeducated. Clearly, you can be absolutely overeducated. Uh, one triple three. I didn't meet him at Warwick High when I was there. No, he wasn't <laughs> there. No. Hey, no. He wasn't at Crowy Boys. Not, not to year three, I anyway. Love, yeah. I love Warwick, but we we, we we went to that pub to what. We went to that pub and there was a bloke there. He was busking. He was whistling through his tooth. That was the headmaster. That was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anne, hello. Uh, Anne, what's going on? Good on you, Anne. Hello. Um, I was just wondering. I heard you talking about ACDC and their Highway to Hell album and that. Um, yes. We have a signed Highway to Hell album by the boys. Was just wondering what that would be worth. Is it signed by all of them? Yes. Right. The I, I think the the early Bon Scott our um, signatures are very hard to find. Um, I've seen one online, and this I mean this is an online selling platform, so you can't take it as gospel. But um, I've seen one online for about twelve thousand dollars. Oh, wow! So that's oh. that's the. But the thing that the the and the thing with signatures is they're very hard to verify. Where yeah. did you get it from? eBay. Yeah, right. What did you pay on eBay? Uh, Seven hundred and fifty. But we've oh, that's had a it. Steal. We've we've had it about fourteen years. Yeah. Right. But like I said, I've I've seen them on I've seen one on eBay for about twelve thousand. Um, but just because they're asking twelve thousand doesn't mean it's worth twelve thousand. Yeah. I've also seen ones with um, just the young brothers for about seven hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks. But um, with Bon Scott on there, like I said, very hard to find. My yeah. guess would be around the five five thousand dollar mark. I'll give you a dozen colorways. You have to get yeah. them. <laughs> Do you play golf, Ed? You'd have to get it. No, my son does. Okay, doesn't so you'd have to get them verified. Yeah, you'd have to yeah. get them verified. Yeah, but still, very cool thing to have. Like I said, Bon Bon Scott didn't sign very much. Um, he wasn't around for um, you know ACDC wasn't very big with him for very long. So um, it's a good score. Yeah, definitely. It's a good thing, and hang on to it. Yeah, we will. I'd love to see a photo. Good on you. It's signed, a signed highway to hell, and, the, and you can clearly make out all the signatures. Yeah, it was done in pen. It must have been before yeah, they like, had the like a ballpoint pen. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's a good tip that that it's that it's legit. 
just yeah. because of what it, what it signed with. All those little things that you look for in signatures, um, you can see that, you know, if it was done with a felt tip, I'd call bullshit, but um, with a yeah. ballpoint pen, that's what they would have done it with. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. Good, oh, good score. Thank you. Great and, thing. And thanks good for listening, Anne. Thanks, thanks, mate. One triple three five three. Who did you see before they were famous? And have you bought merchandise? The lineup for the Taylor Swift. Did you see the photo in the paper? Have either of you seen the photo? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, crazy. Kilometer long. Mm. And 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 you look at the people, the close-ups of the people in the line. They're all thirteen, fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old girls, and it's their mothers. I didn't see many dads standing in the line getting merchandise. It was all the mums. God, love them. And all those kids going to the concert? See, I don't even know. I don't know. No, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be because if you've missed out on tickets, the kids would say, I at least want to go and get a drink bottle. Can we at least go and get? And that's just being part of the the whole um, whole thing, you know, like you're part of the, 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 like, what, it's not Beatlemania. What would you call it? Taylor. Taylor Mania? Swift. Uh, Tay Tay. Tay Tay Mania. Swift. I'm embarrassed that I even know yes, that. I'm sorry. Too. Sorry. It's hard not Sorry, to, it's family hard members to listening. Do you reckon, folks, that Tay Tay will be in 40 years as big as the Beatles were 40 years after they split up? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I can't oh. imagine it. But, I, but this is, like I said earlier, I mean, the, the Beatles changed so many things, didn't they? They changed the. But they changed, they changed themselves. Reckon, music. They changed music at I that reckon, time. I reckon once she finishes with music, she'll she'll go into something else. There'll be some there'll be something politics or talk shows or yeah. she's so she's so big. Like I mean, there's three old blokes on Triple M talking about Taylor Swift, and we know all about her. So the power she's got, she'll do something. Um, you know, maybe the next Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres or Jerry Springer or something. I don't know. She, um, I saw her, a, a movie, I can't even think of the name of the movie, but there was a movie on Netflix the other day and she had a small part in it. I mean, if mm. she was in a movie and they wrote a movie, I don't know what the character would be, but um, if uh, she was the central character, it'd be a massive hit. Yeah, of course. The box office. It would, yeah. Wouldn't it? Hey? Yeah, absolutely. So it'd, be so, it'll be something like that. She'll go into acting or, or something. Oh, she'd be mad not another. to. But will people be, after music. Will people be buying her albums in 40 years? Well, there's no albums. No, well, you know, the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will they be buying the music in 40 we're, we're buying the Beatles. My sons are buying Beatles stuff. Well, not, you know, listening to it. Sure. But I don't we'll, know. I, I don't, don't know. I'm the wrong person. Imagine. I'm the wrong person well, see, this, this is the thing with This is the thing with musical artists these days. You're not, you're not getting album sales. So you have to do these tours that are making... That's how you make your bank because... Everyone's stealing the music on 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 the internet. You don't, you know, pay you pay Spotify your ten bucks a year or whatever it is, and you get everything. So just the there's no such thing as album sales. So this is why they do these mammoth epic tours, um, you know. And she'll make forty million, fifty million dollars off a of a one Melbourne show. Yeah, but the question is, will the music survive forty years? I think that's yeah, what that's I'm, that's what I'm asking too. Yeah, I don't know. maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. It's not. It's not um, like you said, Larry. It's not groundbreaking. It's mm. not. It's not changing the landscape. It's it's pretty um, run of the mill. Yep. One, 2024 shit. One, <laughs> just to put shit on the end of that. Yeah, that's just that's just a pseudonym for stuff. You know, it's. Oh, you old cynic, Adam. <laughs> One triple three five. I reckon Joe Ayub should uh, get Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift grow. Oh, wouldn't you start a, start an arm? Taylor, yeah, Taylor Swift, Swift grow. grow. If it's, 
To grow your tay-tays in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. <laughs> where could that go, that conversation? Exactly. If, if tay-tays people are listening, I've got a great deal for you. Are your tay-tays struggling? <laughs> All the Swift Grow you can drink. If you're happy to give your name to swiftgrow.com.au, this fantastic fertiliser, swiftgrow.com, and we can call it Taylor, Taylor Swift Grow. There, I'm a marketing genius. Hey, listen, it's the, the Man Cave. It's Friday. We'll come back. We'll take some more calls. Try and get a winner to this quickie. If uh, you'd like to join us, one triple three five three academics from South Australia need not apply. <laughs> Please, obviously that poor bloke, he doesn't know our audience. We had no idea. We had no idea. And look, I had to get the, the, the barometer had to click in because otherwise I was going to have to issue a warning. If you are driving or operating heavy equipment at this time, turn the radio off. The night shift. No, that's not the quickie. It's not the quickie. The quickie is 1982. Big song. It's an 80s song, obviously. It's a band. And the quickie sounds like <laughs> that. One, one, triple, three, five, three. What's, what's he saying? Could be anything. It could be anything. That's that's Thomas's standard go-to clue. Um, those people on hold, stay right where you are. We'll be with you in, in just a second. So if uh, you've got vegetables, especially if you grow tay-tays. And are they discoloured? Are, are they limp? Are, are your tay-tays limp or discoloured? Get Taylor Swift grow onto it. Am I allowed to say this? Am I going to get sued? I don't think so. I think well, Taylor Swift's not calling sure up. No. So, am I pushing the envelope? What think... we do here on the night shift, it is. It's what we do. We say it now. We get sued later. If your Tay-Tays need <laughs> need some help, get Taylor Swift grow onto it. There's a there's a Taylor um, golf club. Taylor made. Taylor made. Taylor made. Yes. If. Look at this. Here it goes. Hey. Hey. Taylor made. Ta- um, yeah, get, you go. Sorry. It's supposed to be an app for Swift Grow. Swift yes. Grow is the amazing all organic fertilizer. Australians are raving about it. Start the new year with greener lawns, bigger plants, and better Tay Tays. <laughs> the all natural Swift Grow, an amazing all organic barramundi fertilizer that has Australians. Raving about it. I hope Joe's not listening to us over in the United Arab Emirates. He'll be jumping on a plane, coming straight back to fix this rubbish. Can I just say this? It is the best fertiliser you will ever, ever use. It is all natural. And uh, countries around the world have uh, got Joe coming over like he's over in the United Arab Emirates right now uh, as a guest of the government. And they're they're getting swift grow because they want to grow things. They've only got sand. They're actually growing um, fruit and vegetables. I don't know about the Tay-Tays, but... They're growing fruit and vegetables in sand just with Swift Grow. That's how good this is. That's a reasonably large market. It's unbelievable, yeah. Swift Grow. Get it into your lawn, your plants, your indoor plants, hanging baskets. Um, A five-litre bottle is just 120 bucks, and it'll last you forever. So if it's green and it grows, you will love Swift Grow. And um, just register. Go online now. And uh, Montana. The beautiful Montana Joe's oldest daughter. She uh, she will look after you. One triple three five three is the number. Back in a sec. A little later this morning, I'm going to be talking to Shane Oliver, who was the the chief economist with AMP. Uh, we're going to talk very quickly about Brad Banducci, the CEO of Woolies, who decided to give it all away this week. He had a disastrous interview on uh, Channel uh, ABC. 
um, Four Corners during the week because they were talking about allegations that Woolies and Coles price gouge. And uh, it's a very hard thing to prove. But we have a, a, uh, a retail duopoly in Coles and Woolies. There's not much competition. There's Aldi and there's IGA and there's Costco. But 82% of, of the Australian retail supermarket sales are through Coles and Woolies. Um, if you're going to go into a TV interview... And this, uh, I, it's a bit late to give him advice now, but I wish I'd been his media advisor, Larry. Um, if you don't like the questions and the camera's rolling, getting up and leaving is going to give that show great publicity. You'd have the you'd have the questions before. You'd have them. Re- you'd know what they were. Were well, not coming. See, yeah, it, sure. He's been the CEO of Woolworths for mm. eight years, um, but he's made some really dumbass decisions. If you ask me, uh, <laughs> the one that comes to mind immediately was going woke on Australia Day and not selling Australia Day merchandise. Uh, Any corporation that lectures you and tells you what to think, uh, the public doesn't react well. Qantas did it with the voice referendum. Mm, mm. Um, They put yes on all their aeroplanes, which immediately gave... Just remember that referendum was defeated by over 66%. Mm. So 66% of the population got the shits with Qantas. Don't stay in your lane. If your job is to yeah, it's not, it's not their position to be to. Everyone's got an opinion. I don't want to hear yours. I'm not going to give you mine. You know, you've just got to. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but like in, Larry said, he should he should have known those questions before um, he got in because walking into an ABC um, interview like that, it was gonna he was gonna get bombarded. Like it was gonna be tough. Mm. And he got belted. I mean, that guy was ruthless, wasn't he? That that. The yeah. interviewer, he was tough. He, he needed, was tough the, the guy obviously needs... He's going to leave, they reckon, with a $26 million payout. So good luck to him. Um, and, yeah, luck. and they're replacing him with someone who's also been on the board for a long time. So it'll be more of the same. But, um, yes, do we need more competition as far as retail supermarkets concerned in Australia? Would it lead to cheaper prices? Do we have the population to support another huge supermarket? Because there's more competition in America and the UK and Great Britain and, and, and throughout Europe, but we don't have their population. It's a tough one, price gouging. But anyway, yeah, if you're going to go onto a, a TV show, don't do this. The boss of one of the largest supermarket chains. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done, guys. Uh, you know, right, right, I, I do right, this with right. good intent. During a grilling over price gouging claims. You're walking out, really? No, no, no. Can we just talk to uh, no, Brad for a sec? Yeah, uh, he's gone. Um, but he won't know what it's like to go hungry he's no. getting he's getting a very very healthy payout uh Woolworths and Coles both have shareholders they've got to you know mm-hmm. uh, they, they have to answer to uh, the um the loss that Woolies announced on the same day as his resignation was a 781 million dollar loss but uh there's reasons for that though if you if you dig a bit deeper there's reasons why they wrote something off I think it was something in New Zealand. They lost a, a billion or something. Well, I think that they were also... <coughs> people boycotted Woolworths over the Australia Day merchandising thing. People did. People got the shits. They said, don't lecture me on Australia Day. How dare you make me feel guilty about wanting to enjoy the 26th of January? I just think you've got to stay in your lane, Adam. Yeah, I, I agree. But do you reckon if there was um, like another, another heavy hitter come into that um, market space that people had changed... 
it's like it's like you're a Holden or Ford. Like, yeah. Just because Toyota's brought out a U-Butte car doesn't mean you get a change. You go, oh, that's pretty good, but I'm a Ford guy or I'm a Holden guy. So I, I don't think um, – I think that's just how it is. It's regardless of if another heavy hitter came, people – it'd be very hard to get people to move over. Um, the Minister for War and Finance loves Aldi. Loves, loves Aldi. And there's only one reason. She says it's cheaper and the, and the quality is just as good. I go to Coles. And you want to know why? Because I know where everything is on the shelf. Isn't that... That's yeah, a, see, I'm the same. That's a stupid I reason. I go to Woolies. Yep, I go to Woolies and it's an easy shop because Co- you don't want, I don't want to be in there too long. Coles has a better car park. Does it? Seriously, that's why I go to Coles. <laughs> Maybe it's as easy. And I don't know what the prices are. No. IGA, I, I'd go to IGA if I had a choice. If they had a great car park, I'd probably go to IGA. So they are, all had the same car park. Are you feeding <laughs> that you go to Coles because you like the car park? I love the car park. Do I need to explain why no, what no, makes a car park a great car park and one? I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Why do you shop where you shop? One triple three five three. <laughs> is it because of the car park? Yeah. I shop. I shop at Coles because I know where everything is. I'm in and out. I, I can go to exactly what I want because I know where it is. I don't even look at the prices. How stupid is that? Mm, Nikki, neither do I. Nikki goes to Aldi mm. because of the prices. I shop at Woolies because it's a hundred meters up the road. Does it and you, from my you, front door? And you don't need a car park? No. Mm. You just loiter in them. But let's go, go there. A hundred meters. Too far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd still, I'd still go to the car park. A hundred, hundred, yeah, less than forty meters. I might consider. Yeah. Yes, as I said, Thomas just loiters in car park. What's <laughs> my favorite pastime? One triple. Stop it. One triple three five three. The other thing I'm going to talk about later this morning with uh, Quentin Long, our travel expert, is have you ever been at the airport and you're sitting there in the departure lounge, um, Vice-Captain, I'll bring you in on this, mm-hmm. and you're watching the, the, the board and you've gotten there two hours early as instructed and you're sitting there and you look up at the board and all of a sudden you see your flight delayed or worse still, cancelled. And it would seem to me that Jetstar and Qantas, but particularly for me, Jetstar seem to do it with monotonous regularity. It may not be a technical fault. It may be that the airline is doing something that you need to know about, and it's called slot hoarding. Now, at Sydney Airport, because of the curfew, only 80 planes an hour are able to take off. And that's, that's a lot of planes, isn't it? Mm. That is a lot. 80. It's 80. But when you're in your plane and you're zooming up and you're taking off, you're not looking behind you. You don't see the lineup of planes behind you ready to do exactly the same thing in another 20 to 30 seconds. 80 planes an hour can take off from Sydney Airport and that's it. So you have to book your slot you have to book your place in the queue and that's called a slot so what happens is the airlines and usually the big airlines they book their slots but then they cancel them at the last minute and it's too late for a competing airline to take that slot and it's called slot hoarding now there's an 80 20 rule whereas you have to live by and honor 80 percent of your slot bookings but if you think about the other 20%, you can one in four cherry pick and still 
slot hoard and there's no that nothing happens to you because you're allowed to do it 20% of the time so long as you so long as you honor the 80% of the time slot hoarding may be the reason why your plane is delayed and sometimes it's just delayed 25 minutes and you think 25 minutes that's okay I can wear that but that 25 minute that slot that airlines booked has meant that a smaller airline like Bonza or Virgin or whatever has not been able to be able to take mm. off that hour because the slot has been booked. Slot hoarding. I'm going to talk more about this later this morning. That's way better than Lewis's story, isn't it? A... Well, <laughs> marginally. <laughs> <laughs> you had my interest there. I was, I was yeah, totally. That's in, that's fascinating. That explains a lot, actually. Why? Why is it? Do you think they say you got to get to the airport? Like if you, if I'm going from Sydney to Melbourne, why do you have to be there two hours yeah. early? I've, is that I've, just to is that just to avoid the people who are going to turn up late? So if you say two hours early, they're going to be there with half an hour to go. Or yeah, I, I've actually been there a day early. I, I, <laughs> I was in the lounge when you said, "Have you been sitting in the lounge?" I, I, I checked in online and went to the airport, and I'm sitting in the lounge and talking to a couple of other well proper journo's, golf journo's, because we just finished a golf tournament, and. Um, and I said, what, what's, your, what's your seat? And I said, oh, I'm 24-something. Oh, that's next to me. Cool. Great. Okay, well, that'll be terrific. And so I'm, I'm in the row walking past the stewardesses doing the little, you know, the, the, the barcode thing. Um, Sir, your flight's not till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dinkum. So did you stay there? I had to, no, I, no, I didn't sleep in the, in the, in the, uh, the lounge. So I found a motel. Cost, only cost about $600 more. <laughs> Yeah, you got the next flight. It was great. Oh, anyway. no. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I feel better. Feel um, better I was talking to my very good friend, Charles Tarby, the owner of Century 21 last week. Um, and uh, he had to go to Brisbane for um, an awards night, a Century 21 Queensland awards night. Uh, and, and anyway, he said, bloody pink. He said, I couldn't find any accommodation in Brisbane. This is last weekend. Bloody pink. Fair dinkum. I had to stay at the Holiday Inn Express, 480, <laughs> 480 bucks a night, no minibar. The cord for the jug was missing. Oh, yeah, I've stayed down times <laughs> like that too. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk to people, shall we? Um, Michaela, is it? Hello? Hello? Is it Michaela, Michaela? What is it? It's Michaela. How are you? Oh, I did say Michaela. Michaela, welcome to the man cave. Talk to us. All right. Well, I'll talk to one thing. Was that noise for the song Eye of the Tiger? That noise. That noise. Yeah, you're, right, you're right. It was a noise. It was a noise. Hang on. Let's go again. Listen. <laughs> That's why it's called it a noise. It is a noise. It's dreadful. It is. That's all it is. That noise should be in a bathroom only. A the only thing I could think of was with the fan. With the the fan <laughs> Sorry, Michaela, what? The only noise I could have thought of would be the eye of the tiger because it comes in as a drum. Yeah, no, it's not. That's a very good thought, though. It's a very good but, thought, Michaela. No, nah, that's right. And the second thing is, I personally, my girlfriend got married and I couldn't go because my husband wasn't well. Well, she got married in 2007 in... Warburton in Victoria, and mm. her wedding band was the Pesky Brothers. Yeah. Ah, 
I did didn't. 2007. That's a good. My son, I didn't know anything about the Teskey Brothers until my son introduced them to me, and we he he got them on YouTube and put them up on the big screen in my man cave, and I love them. I love the Teskey Brothers. How good are they? I discovered them last year. Chris Emsworth has had them at his house playing. Wow. Oh, that's a good story, Michaela. Yeah, so no, that was good. But um, I was spewing I missed it, but what can you do, though? Michaela, are you a a Tay-Tay fan? No. Not at all? I can't deal with it. Fair I enough. could not deal with that Bieber crap when that used to be around. Justin Bieber, yeah. Hmm. I couldn't deal with One Direction. Yeah. What year were you born, Michaela? Yeah, I'm just doing question. a demographic. What year? How old are you? I was born in 75. Okay. Okay. Because I remember. Yeah, that's my, that's my ilk. That's my ilk. So, Mika- that's, my, that's my. Michaela, what what band is would you travel to buy merchandise, wait in a queue? Is there a band that you absolutely adore that you would travel for? No. None? No, I love music. I listen to music all the time. I love all music. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was the era I was born, but I can't wrap my head around with being obsessed with a musician. Or a band. Okay. Th- thanks, Michaela. You're Good welcome. On you, Michaela. I'm with her because if you wanted to see one of the the great bands, if you wanted to see the Rolling Stones or the Eagles, <clears throat> I think Matchbox Twenty played in Sydney last night. Um, you've got a Who? Matchbox Twenty, Rob Thomas. What? You serious, Adam? Nothing. Did Matchbox Twenty. Oh, I, I know. I know who they are. Rob Thomas. It's- just let me warm up Terrible. and I'll, I'll see you. <laughs> smooth. Remember Smooth? Oh, that was Santana. That yeah. was Rob oh, yeah. Thomas with Carlos. Santana. But anyway. It's 3 a.m. You've, you've got to sit. That's it. You've got to sit up in the bleachers. You can't. You, you, you can only watch a screen. You can hardly mm. pick out the artist on the stage. Why would you put yourself through that? You can do that. But I think what you'll, what you'll find is these new bands who haven't started out on the pub tour and, you know, gigging around, they're, they're like studio bands. So half their show, it's all flash, no dash. It's Half of it's pre-recorded and, you know, they'll be dancing across the stage with the microphone by their sides and you can still hear them singing. Um, you know, Iron Maiden's coming out. Yeah. They're here very soon. Well, that, that'll be a no, That's a quality show. But that'll be I've a seen them, I've seen them twice. But Absolutely, Will. And and they'll they'll own it. It'll, it'll be... The sound will be perfect... You know, Bruce will be at his his operatic best. It's going to be fantastic. See, those stadium concerts don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. They honestly don't do it for me. I, I remember watching great bands like Cold Chisel and the Angels uh, in pubs. It was a great way, and that's how they learnt their craft. They travelled. They worked bloody hard. That's their, right. Their managers did shit door deals, you know, the, like the pubs wouldn't pay them a fee to come and play. The manager would say, well, we'll take the door. Okay, it'll be yeah. it'll be five mm. bucks to get in. You get the bar. We'll do the door, and they work their asses off. They travelled around Australia in shit beat up combis just for the next gig, but they learnt their craft. Now I'll tell you a story. I can't mention this artist on the air because I don't want to embarrass this person, but I'll tell you, Larry. I'll just hold up the name. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It was oh, I can't see. It was an artist that uh, did reasonably well on Australia's Got Talent many, many years ago. And uh, she was coming in to the 2GB studios 
to do an interview with Alan Jones. And she was sitting in the green room or the, the room where you know, guests come in and sit and have a coffee while they're waiting to go on. And uh, one of Alan's producers went up to this artist and she said, look, I'm really nervous. I'm really, really nervous. He said, no, no, Alan loves you. This is going to be a great interview. No, th- th- don't you worry about that. She said, no, I'm nervous about the tour that's coming up. And he said, well, what do you mean? She said, I only know three songs. Wow. She, she had never toured. She went, she went from obscurity and auditioned for Australia's Got Talent. They recorded three songs for her to perform on the show. She had never travelled. Oh, she God. had never played in the pub. She'd never played in an RSL. Mm. She, had, she knew three songs and she was about to go on a tour where she needed 20. And that's what made her nervous. Now, I'm just saying, isn't that a shame? Yeah, now, th- yeah. I'm not going to mention the artist yep. because that artist is now quite accomplished mm. and has gone on. But she was shitting herself because she, didn't, she was a gun, about to go on a tour and she only knew three songs. Amazing. She is a success. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're studio musicians. They don't. They don't have the the runs on the board. It's it's it's. You can tell the difference. They haven't learnt their craft in Mm. pubs, and and part of the reason is so many pubs don't do bands anymore. One, the NIMBYs who have moved in close by complain about the noise, and they're shutting Mm. them down. Mm. Two. The, the pubs are making more revenue out of poker machines than they are out of bands. And so instead of a stage area and a dance floor, they'll fill that area with, with these bloody m- m- blood-sucking machines because they get more revenue out of a machine than they do out of a band. So I think the venues have changed. Um, I think that uh, radio driving and, and shows like Countdown – they, they, mm. If you were on Countdown, you knew that you could negotiate a better price at the Rudy Hill RSL yep. the next Sunday. Yep. But those those days have gone, and it's all streaming now, and it's all if that's you, right. And MTV was the beginning of that change, where people were watching their their artists on TV, and you didn't have to go out. And and bands like the Angels and Cold Chisel and Midnight Oil and the Hunters and Collectors and those great bands, those venues don't exist anymore. What, what was Tay-Tay's... Um, where did she perform She's again country. in Sydney? She, she was a country... No, but it, Marrickville. In Marrickville. So are yeah, there places the, like that the still? Factory, little factory theatre. Yeah, the factory theatre's still there. There are, the, there are little venues. The Lansdowne in Sydney, um, the Crowbar in Sydney. So there are still the, the one M-more, or two. The M Moore. Oh, yeah. The M Moore's yeah. still there, yeah. So there are one or two. I mean, I played in a band through the 2000s. And, like, we would play the Annandale Hotel. We would play um, Maruba Junction Hotel. We'd play Selena's. So there was – we would we would play nearly every weekend just around Sydney. There, there would have been 10 or 15 different venues. Okay, that's that, that's that, the, we, that, that we'd get on at. Early 2000s. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the big change. Like every every pub had a had a little back bar with a stage mm, in it. Mm, you know, we'd, mm. I mean, we'd play on a Thursday night in front of four people and um, three of them my family. So, um, were you listening? It was yes. That's a great voice, isn't it? You must have a good voice because oh, it wasn't yeah. on looks, was it? No, it wasn't on looks. Bang! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Boom! One triple three five three. Who did you see? 
in a small pub venue when they were nobody and they went on to become somebody. One triple three five three. The Night Shift, The Man Cave, here on Triple M. You'd be a Def Leppard fan too, Adam McDonald, I'm tipping. No. No. No, my sister was. Um, it was a bit too soft rock for me. A bit too namby-pamby for you. Bit too mammy pamby. Yeah. A bit too foreigner for you, was it? A bit too yeah, a little bit. Hey? <laughs> bit too bit too bit too matchbox twenty. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Matchbox twenty that played in Sydney last night. Rob Thomas would be listening to this program. Now in fact, Rob, if you're listening, I love you. Mm, I do too. Larry Look, I've got nothing against him. They're great band. They're just not my this not my cup of tea. One triple three five three, the quickie. Okay, we've said 1982. We have said 80s, obviously. It is a band, um, an American band, an American band. Great harmonies, great harmonies. Come on, we've got to get rid of this thing. That is, that is ridiculous. <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give, you're gonna have to give a clue like sounds like. Or um, I don't know, maybe the first name of the band. I don't, oh, no, I don't I've know. Got a, I've got a, it's not going off. I've got a great clue, which will give it away. But I'll ha- I'll hang on to it for a second. One triple three five three. Hey, listen, all this rain um, and the the rain that's um, and the water that's sitting stagnant is encouraging mosquitoes. Did you know that Ross River fever has reared its ugly, ugly head again, and it, it's it it's nasty. It's really nasty. So the way to, to get rid of mosquitoes at your place, because it's still the last week of summer, it's still lovely weather to be outside, but you don't want to be bitten by mozzies. My very good friend, Andrew, Andrew Fennell, he owns Pestrol, and I've known him 2024, 20, 20, 21 years, 21 years this year I've known Andrew, and he's got this game changer. It's the Executioner XXL. It is the biggest fly and mozzie uh, executioner ever. It's a bad boy. It is the big daddy of fly and mozzie zappers. And let me tell you, it's a total game changer. And it doesn't just repel them. It annihilates them fast. It has a 300 square meter coverage. And here is the kicker. You can order the executioner double XL now. For $149.90, but they're throwing in a tennis racket zapper for free. Now, there's only 10 of them. And this is, I've been advertising Pestrol this week. This is the only day I've done this because he's only got 10 more. They're little tennis rackets. Have you seen these things? They're little tennis rackets. And the strings are electrocuted. And you get, and you have you, have you ever seen it? No. They're, I'm uh, writing this down because we've got a terrible mosquito problem where we live. Well, you need the executioner. It's a, you can take it outside, obviously. It's a, yep. And it covers 300 square metres. Mm, mm. And um, it's only through Pestrol, P-E-S-T-R-O-L. But if you order for the first 10, and I don't know how many, he's only got 10 today. If you're one of the 10 that order today you'll get the little tennis racket zapper, which is a lot of fun, and it's practical, and it's, it's great stuff. And you'll get free delivery anywhere in Australia. Use the code BONA, B-O-N-A, but you've got to hurry. Only 10 of them as of right now. Pestrol.com.au, the executioner XXL. It is unbelievable. 
Um, we'll take a quick break. Be back. Oh, we love Fridays, and um, it's the last week of summer. Where's the year gone? Yeah, it has gone like, quickly, it, hasn't it? Does it go faster when you get older? Mm-hmm. Do you reckon? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> it's still only February. It's not gone. Yeah, it's still at the start of it. <laughs> I just had to think now. What is it's, it's only you're February? Talking still, like, it? But it's the last. You're talking it like it's December. <laughs> it's the last week of summer. Okay. Yes, it is. That's so, right. So yeah. that's that's yeah. all. That's all I'm saying. So how come when you get older, time goes quicker? Is it because you're nearing the end of your life, and you know it's rushing up towards you? God, I'm going to burst out in tears. In I know. Why am I talking about this? <laughs> God, anybody got me? Anybody got some rope? I'm, I but, think I'm done. But remember, cheer, cheer up, Charlie. 13, 11, 14. But just let me just say this: when you were a, a kid, and primary school, high school, and the summer holidays came, six weeks, they lasted forever, didn't they? Don't you reckon? Oh, they, they did. They lasted yeah, forever. Didn't wear, didn't wear shoes for six weeks. You probably had a shower three or four times. It was uh, it was great. Yeah, I lived I lived on the ocean. You mind a beach, so yeah, it was oh. it was cool. Yeah, I had the boards and surfboards. The summer it was my holidays. sister's surfboard, but I used to used to put it on the front of a bike, and it, by the time you get to the back of it, it was about fifteen yards. This board was like a big plank. It was a Malibu. They had little wheels <laughs> on the back. Did it? Yeah. Well, well we put them on. We'd, we'd hook it up to this little wheel thing like a buggy, and we'd ride down. And well, I used to ride them. My sister used to walk because I was the, I was the the, the labour. Mm. And uh, yeah, Dan would go, we'd take it down to the water and off we go. The six-week Christmas holidays, they, they lasted forever. Anyway, um, Brad's online. You won't believe this, Vice Captain. Brad is listening to us live in Thailand. Brad, what's going on? Well, basically, um, I'm up in Thailand uh, visiting my uh, wife's family. Um, and we've just done a, a massive road trip of, like, 2,000 k's in the last eight days. Uh, I've got no I've got the triple triple M triple M hooked up on the on the Bluetooth in the car, and I've just been listening to triple M all the way, and it's just it's just fantastic. Just, what, what time is know, it, Brad? Why, Brad? Why would you listen to this rubbish? <laughs> oh, well, because I don't normally I'm not normally up this late, but we're actually three hours behind you guys. Oh, so okay. Um, I'm, I can't even see what time it is now, but we're three hours behind at the moment in Thailand. Um, so if it's 12, we're, we're nine, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I, I must admit, I have listened to your program before, mm-hmm. a bit of a night out. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, no don't be sorry. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing That's in it. Thailand? You're just visiting visiting family family. Yeah, yeah visiting my wife's family. Um, we we normally come here once a year. Uh, we've we've missed out on a few years because of COVID, of course. But um, yeah, yeah, we're just up up here chilling out. It's, it's yeah, bloody nice. And as I said, uh, it's just nice to you know hear what the traffic's like and what the weather's like in Brisbane, because that, that's my home. Uh, yeah, yeah, just chilling out. Well, there's mate. no traffic, mate. <laughs> Not and I bet the weather's and, right and the weather's going to be warm. Yeah, well, it's probably hard-pressed to be warmer than here at the moment. We had 38 yeah. today, and I think at the shopping centre it showed, showed about 45 on the, uh, oh, on the card. Whoa, With a smidgen of humidity, too, I'm thinking, Brad. Hang on, I'm, I'm going to do this for Brad. I'm going to get a, a tailor-made weather forecast for you, Brad, for Brisbane today, Friday. Mostly sunny and 34. Sa- Saturday, 
Tomorrow, showers, possibly storms, 31. Sunday, showers and 27. How's that? Okay. No, that's all right. Um, Good. Uh, I, like Saturday's my golf day, so if there's showers, I'm, oh, not, you're a I'm not missing out on anything. Yeah, love, love my What's golf. your handicap? Uh, 12.5. Nice. That's all right. A grade, A grader. Well yeah, done, Brad. Yes. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. So where do you play? Do you... Do you is there a course over there you're getting onto? Yeah, I've been a member at Nudge for over oh, well, probably 28 years now. Where? 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 Nudgy Golf. Oh, Nudgy, Nudgy. Golf Nudgy. No, yeah, N. Yeah. Nudgy. N. N. It's in Brisbane. Oh, I don't know. Just north of the airport. Is that a good course? Yeah, it's a beautiful course. It's a ripper. Yeah, well done. Yeah, They're playing yeah. there. 12.4 up yeah. round there. That's great. Yeah, cheers. Good on you, Brad. Well, lovely to catch up with you, mate. And I'm glad yeah, that good we're, on you, Brad. I'm glad we're reminding you of home. You are, boys. You so much. Um, uh, it was worth the wait on the line, and uh, yeah, really, uh, like it. Just appreciate having a chat with you. Well, okay, take care. Uh, you ta- Good you on take you, Brad. Play well, Brad. You have fun. See you, mate. Twelve point. Yeah, it's Brad's handy. That's very good. That's that's a grade. Yeah, the minister for war and finance got to twelve. She did. And then I started teaching. And her. then you started teaching her. She said she wanted to get uh, change a handicap. I did it. I, I changed it. Yeah. <laughs> Stretched, stretched it out yeah. a little. I tell you, the minister for <laughs> the minister for war and finance is was four times women's champion at Avalon. At Avalon right? Yes, I know. Which is a little nine hole course run by the council, mm-hmm. but she was she was four times women's champion there, and she's got a hole in one trophy. Oh, is she? It's okay. in the man cave. Yeah. Yep. So she did get a legitimate hole in one mm-hmm. in competition, which I'm really proud of. The funny thing is, Nikki is left handed, right? She does everything left handed, but she plays golf. Right-handed. Mm, it's it's not unusual in, in golf. It's, it's very Tom Jones, isn't it? What? <laughs> oh, terrible. I just realised what I'd said and what you'd said, and it was uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I said it, and, and then you replied but, with but that. But you and other pros have said if only she she played left-handed, she'd she'd drive the ball further. She definitely would, yeah. But she plays right-handed. Mm, yeah, she the weight transfer is a little bit funky. Just needs to, right. and that's what I. That's the barometer is about to go off. The, the barometer. Luke, Luke at Shepparton, hello. Uh, how you going? Good, thanks. Luke, talk to us. What's up? Uh, I was just uh, wondering about the song. The song, yes. Yeah, um, I reckon it was Jack and Diane. Mmm. By um, John Cougar Mellicamp. No. No, sorry, bud. 82, little story about Jack and Diane, two American kids mm. growing up in the heartland. Jackie's going to be a football star. Diane's debutante in the back seat of his car. Johnny, is, is Johnny, was he a band? Well, he was Mellencamp and he was John Cougar. Was he, he was, was he a band, though? No, he was. going to be a band. He yeah. was a, an artist, wasn't he? Yeah. Luke. Sorry, Luke at Shepparton, but thank you for listening. Jeff Atari. Oh, no, I've just worked out who's on. Well, you're lucky. I can't blow me home because I'm halfway through town at uh, Urella. Well, they, they, do, it. do it. Do it. You might get arrested. <laughs> Jeez, you've got a big horn. Thank you very much. (laughs) What's going on, Jeff? What do you want, Jeff? Oh, well, the first uh, I uh, wanted to talk about seeing bands when they just got started. Yeah, who uh, did you see when they were nobody? Well, I saw, uh, used to be at St. Luke's School at Reesby. Um, They used to have a band band night every month. And... uh, Dragon, saw Dragon there. What year? Saw Rose Tattoo, he saw 1976, yeah. 77. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was uh, in second form, third form. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of bands did do the school band circuit. ACDC played at school ba- at school dances. So, I mean, I guess a gig was a gig, wasn't it? A gig was a gig, yeah. yeah. yeah I, used to go, I used to go to Joseph Banks High School at uh, Reesby. <coughs> we, we had Slade there one day, one night. No way, Slade. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, that, that blew me away when I realised who they were. Yeah, Ma, Mama, we're all crazy now. Yes. How yes, good was well, that? It was. But anyway, uh, the quickie. Uh, I don't know if uh, your new compadre on the show knows I've got six shirts and... Uh, yeah, yeah, just hurry up and get to it. Yeah, well, all right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know I don't know if you've said it. Say that again. I don't know if you've said it enough. Oh, well, Barrett's... Ask Barrett's, he knows. Yeah, just, what is you it, know, Jeff? It's uh, Rock the Casbah by The Clash. No. That's all right. No new, sh- no new show for you. Goodbye, Jeff. That's all right. That's all right. I've got six. Say it. See, see you, Jeff. See you, Jeff. Have a listen to this. This will bring back. This is not 80s. So I'm going to get into oh, This is 70s. But listen to this. This was Slade at their best. God, this brings back memories. I don't want to. How good was that? That was disgraceful. How good was that? No. <laughs> it was a great song. Oh, mate. Give me a migraine. So what? bring on West Tay-Tay. We would, I, would, Tay-Tay I, would give an as- <laughs> I would give an aspirin a migraine. <laughs> One triple three five three telephone number. Simon, hello. Hey, fellas. Simon, what's going on? Oh, just having another early morning. What, what are you doing? Yep. I've had a change in mind. I had something at first, but I want to change it now. I want to go for Abracadabra by Steve Miliband. Oh, Steve Miliband. Yeah, that's, that's a, a decent song. Great song. Yeah. No, no, Simon. What was your other guess? Oh, am I allowed to say? Yeah, yeah, go on. I, um, it was going to be... Oh, I know that, but I know they're New Zealanders. No, I'm going to go for Foreigner, Girl Like You. Waiting for a girl like you. Yeah, waiting for a girl like you, far enough. No. Still no. waiting for the right answer. So here we are. Sorry, Simon. We're still waiting for the right answer. I've got a I've got a killer clue coming up. I'll do that in about twenty minutes because we've got to get rid of it. Uh, thanks for your call, Simon. Nice to have you listening. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, Scott is online from Campbelltown in Sydney. Uh, g'day Scott. No. Scott, you there? Hang on, let me try him now. Now Scott's locked up. I'm going to put Sam on. And can you can you sort Scott out, please, uh, Thomas? I can't I can't engage him. Sam, hello. Hey, fellas, how you going? Hey, Sam. What's going on, doing? Sammy? Uh, just coming in tomorrow, and I mate, so I might lose you in a sec now. I'll ring you back, but so a couple of couple of things you've touched on. So Tay Tay, the coincidence there. 
There's lots of songs she's got about breaking up with fellas and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no songs about BJ's. So that's a pretty big coincidence right there. <laughs> okay. I'll, I, 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 Sam, I, Righto, Scotty. I had to, I dumped that. I, 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 wish, I wish, I wish I could have let that go to air. I really wish I could have let that go to air because it was very, it was very, very funny, but I can't let that go to air. Not, there might be kiddies listening. Just a sniff of inappropriation oh, there. Just dear, a little. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, <laughs> Sam, Sam. What, uh, what else you got? I, I what else you got, Sammy? Hang on a second. I've got to do this. Okay. Sam, uh, that was very funny, but I can't let that go to air. Yeah, I thought it was borderline. It was. Oh, but, borderline? <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> It was. It was like the borderline. It was like the the, the equator. Oh <laughs> dear! It was very very. I, we could have stopped talking about because our listeners, our listeners on hold heard it. <laughs> the listeners on hold heard it, but the listeners out there in Radio Land didn't. I couldn't let oh. that go, and I thought about it. I thought, do I let it go? And I, no, 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 no. Especially with um, her boyfriend Travis Kelsey in town. He's a big. No. Stop it! No. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Kelsey, he's got a... Yeah, no, no, Sam, no, 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 I'll let you, I'll let you go, Sam. <laughs> Peter, hello. quality. Peter, hello. I am here. How are you? Yeah, good, Peter. I'm, I'm just ringing up for a couple of things, you know. I'll have a go at the, um, the quickie. Yes. I've, yep. got an al- I've got an album from 1982, so... Yeah, it's, what is it? Oh, I reckon uh, let's try Jay Giles' band, um, Centerfold. Jay Giles' band, no. Uh, well, yeah, I've, I've, had the, I've had the record for, what, 40-odd for years. Hang on, here it is again. It's a drum beat, yes. What about Freeze Frame? <laughs> no. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, talking about seeing bands. Yes, you know, who did like, you see? Yep. Who did you see before they were famous? Oh, uh, look, I probably wouldn't say before they were famous, but I've seen a lot of bands at pubs in Melbourne many years ago throughout Richmond. Right, I'm talking back in you know, like eighties, but I also seen um, Australian Crawl, Angels at the pub here in Mildura, at where pubs, I'm living. At pubs, yeah, yep, yeah, at the pubs, right. And also seen Skyhooks do their re-tour when they regrouped and did the last tour again that they did before on their last record that they made. Yeah. And Mildura was their last stop. Is that because right? Because it's actually written on the back of the record, the original record of uh, Melbergs in Langtree Avenue. Okay. Right. What, what year was that? Well, I'm just trying to look. Was it Jukebox in Siberia days? Um, well, it was in the... It because was, that was towards the end. It was mid-80s. Yeah, right? yeah mid-jukebox in Siberia. Yeah. I also seen, you know, like I got, I got to meet um, the Angels, right? Got yeah, Doc Neeson. Afterwards and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And also the vinyls. Mm-hmm. But I must admit, I've seen a lot of bands and a lot of big, you know, like even Cindy Lauper and mm-hmm. Robbie Williams and that, but my most favourite would have to be when I went and seen Dire Straits in about 1986 at Footy Park. Really? I, th- I think they held the record at the Sydney Entertainment Centre for the most consecutive sold-out concerts. 
and they held that for ages. I think Elton John might have just beaten them. But Dire Straits Live are great. But a real band, a real band. Hey, listen, thanks for your call, Peter. Um, oh, did you have a go at the quickie? I, I did. You mate there, I just wanted to have a question. Which mate? I've got two of them. Uh, One that knows about records what? and DVDs and all that. Yeah, old stuff. Yeah, Adam, Adam what do you got? Oh, I've got... A 1978 original from, and he, he's not a great artist, but Plastic Bertrand. Oh, what was the name of the song? Uh, well, Slap Band Balloon Bar, yeah, and, yeah. and he sung Charlotte oh, Lee yeah, and yeah. all that, right? And it was, yeah, a yeah. Dub, it was a double open album that had a full picture of him in it, right? Yeah. And they always, well, during, you know, like the footy show, um, what's his name, uh, Billy Brownless, they always play it when he plays his joke. Right, slap bam boom bar, and I was just wondering whether that record would be any uh, worth anything because I think it, was, it would. I think it would be because it's so obscure. Um, yeah, and it it'd, not. It'd have it'd have a bit of a cult following. Well, it was 1978. I won it because I I, I I skated for 24 hours in the 24 hour skatathon. I was 10 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I've also got a Kiss album from back then that I won, <laughs> right? And and. I say I say the uh, uh, the classic Bertrand albums authenticated and signed because I signed it when I was ten. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> but I, I, I found them when my mum passed away not too long ago, and she had me old albums, you know, like right through yeah, Pink right. Floyd, and and I had Rip Snorter '78 or '77. I can't remember, you know, like. A lot of old albums. Oh, you know the, that, I mean? that'd be one of those one of those compilation albums. Oh well, the Rip Snorter one had a had a Sheila's bum stick. Oh, it was a backside with yeah. the blue denim shorts. In the denim shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I thought, geez, that'd have to be worth a bit of money because you wouldn't be able to put that on anymore. <laughs> well, we I love those compilation albums, and, and me yeah, and they I, were great. And uh, you you got enough, and then you would also buy the KTL record selector. Yeah, well, who I'm, remembers the KTL record selector? Beg your pardon? The K record selector. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, I used to DJ, and I've got probably about two, 3,000 CD singles. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. I used, right. To, I used to come home from the nightclubs when I was younger, and I'd listen to Rage when they'd put the bands yeah. on that, that hadn't made it yet. Yeah. And then I'd go out and I'd buy the CD single, you know what I mean? And then I'd, then I'd play it at, play it at you know, different joints where I'd DJ. Yeah. And... And people would look at you, and then two weeks later, it was like number one, number two. You know, yeah, you heard it first. Yeah, I I used to do um, DJing when I was a young radio announcer. I think we used to do it for ten bucks, fifteen bucks, and jugs of beer. We had forty-five vinyls back then, not CDs. This is way before CDs. But listen, I'm going to keep going. Thanks for your call. Yeah, have a good night, fellas. Thank you, mate. Good on you, mate. Plastic Bertrand, eh? Sur mon lit à bouffer, ça l'entend du ventre en mon whisky Quant à moi, peu dormi, vie débris Mais j'ai dû dormir dans la gouttière où j'ai eu un flash En quatre couleurs Hey, wow Hey, wow Tell me that wasn't English, because either that or... Either that, all the drugs have just kicked in What? One triple three five Where is the telephone number? Hey, listen, if you snore, do you snore? Oh, a little bit Leza? A little bit uh, we're looking at you, Adam. Vice Captain, you snore. 
Like a freight train. Yeah. Yes, the way. You, you were going to get tested by Sobe. Why haven't you done it yet? Um, I'm not sure why I haven't done it yet. Do you want to I do should, it? I should. My, my, wife would, my wife would love it. I mean, yeah. yeah but what about the snoring? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you get tested, uh, Sobe can do the testing and bulk bill it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get tested. And then if you have a CPAP machine, it could change your life and it could lengthen your life. And this month, Sove, S-O-V-E, these are the sleep apnea specialists. They're offering a $100 FPOS gift card when you purchase the latest ResMed AirSense 11 Auto Set and Mask Package. Now, this is fantastic for people who go on holidays, who travel, truckies, because it's so small. It's as big as the... The thing fits in the palm of your hand, and it's really quiet. And you put the mask on, and you get your sleep. It is the ResMed AirSense 11 Auto Set. Everyone's talking about it. Twenty-four percent smaller, ten percent lighter than its predecessor. The AirSense 10. It has so much new tech involved. So stop snoring. At least get tested. At least contact Sove. S O V E. And tell them I sent you. There is a phone number. But if you go to sove.com.au, you'll see the phone number. Look, one one three hundred seven six two nine three nine. But people don't listen to the radio with a pen and paper ready. I don't know why they put phone numbers in radio ads. It, Isn't it while you Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the passenger in that truck. If no. The driver's writing something on a bit of paper. <laughs> Sove. S-O-V-E. Sove.com.au. And when considering whether a CPAP is right for you, always speak to your doctor. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Um, oh, come on, let's get this. Shane in Tasmania. Shane, talk. Hello, how are you going? What's going on? I'd like to have a crack at the um, quickie. Yes. I think it's I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. No, it's not. Yeah, nice song, though. It's a good song. Mm-mm. Okay. Good on you, Shane. Sorry, Good stuff, mate. Sorry, Shane. She's but Okay. Um, one triple three five three. Alan, Alan, you're in Bundaberg. Yeah, mate. Yeah, how you going? Good. <laughs> mate, you I went to oh, the quickie. Yep. Um, it's not Heart of Glass by Blondie. No, you're no, right, it's not. It's no. not. Sorry, not. Alan. It's a good song. A good guess. We'll take a break, be back. I'm going out on a limb. And we've had a discussion, a production meeting here in the studio um, on the future of today's quickie. And I've come up with a clue. And both Larry and Adam reckon it's ridiculous. It's shit. I reckon it's. I reckon this clue will give it away. So do you want to have a, a wager? What? Yes. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This clue will give the quickie away before you guys finish. And if it doesn't, what's the bet? Come up with something. Uh, I've got I've got plenty of money. I don't need money. <laughs> I'll do the man cave next Friday naked. Nude. Nude. Bob oh, Hawk. No, 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 because no, we've got Michelle Bishop on. We've got, we've got, we got cameras. I oh, am yeah, there are cameras. Mm. I'll come up with something. Here is That's not that's not fair on Bishop. It's, it's not fair She's on not anyone. No, no. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Um, that it looked house in the nose. The clue. Very deflating it was. The clue. We're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Thomas is nodding. 
The boss of yeah. one of the largest... Th- Thomas? Oh, yeah, well, who's I your boss, it. Thomas? I mean, let's get real here. I mean, that's a, the, as, as soon as you said it, I knew what you were referencing. Okay, shush now. Okay. We're not in Kansas anymore. Oh. Is the clue for good, the quickie. Good luck. Scott, hello. Morning, gentlemen. How are you going? G'day, Scott. Scott, I've got what's a cu- going on? I've got a couple of things. I've got one for you, Adam. Uh, All right, shoot. A band, a band that I saw at the Metro in Sydney, a band called Creed. There was about... 60 people there. Best concert I've ever seen. Absolutely blew the roof off. Creed. Went back. Creed. I remember Creed, yeah. Then they went back to America and just exploded. They were massive. Only for a few years, though. But, yeah. Creed. They they were awesome. Creed is not my jam. Tell me about Creed. Uh, Well, they... I I think a lot of people call it gospel rock. Yeah. It was... uh, It's very sort of heartfelt lyrics. Um, but sort of done, not quite heavy metal, but sort of he- very heavy rock. Hard so, rock, yeah. They, yeah, they did have a few ballads as well, though. But they, they were a great band. They were, they were, they were a Christian band, were they? Were? Uh, I, yeah, I, well, they sang a lot about God, so I would say so. Yeah, yeah, they were like a, hard, a hardcore Christian rock band. Yeah, they, um, they also played in- at the entertainment. At the Entertainment Centre in Sydney, and had all the firefighters from New York 911 there at one of their concerts. Yeah, or that, right. and that was that was amazing. So that um, but, that market is huge in America. Yep. Well, the the, the religious music, religious yeah, rock. The, like the r- religious rock. Oh, yeah. the highest selling artist in America back in the mid to late eighties was Amy Grant. Mm. Amy no. Amy Grant was huge. Um, Creed, I'm not into. Here they are. This is Creed. This is for my uh, education. Vice Captain, I like that. Yeah, me too. It's I, not bad. It's I, not bad. No, musically, it's 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 good. It is good. That would have been great live, wouldn't it? They they have three albums. Uh, Luke, it's My Own Prison, Human Clay, and I, I can't remember the third one, but there's some there is some fairly big hits on those. I like it. Yeah, they were chunked on this. Like He's got a great voice. Mm. He has got a great voice. I really like yeah, that. Me too. I'm on that. Thank you. And you know, you know the thing, Luke. They're only a three-piece band as well. Yeah, I can see that in the film clip. <clears throat> Thank you, yep. Scott. I'm going to. I got. I got one thing for Larry though. Yeah, far Larry away. was Larry was saying before you were talking about car parks 
with the Woolworths yep. or the Coles. Yep. And you, and <laughs> Very you know, important. Larry Kenny, he shops at Coles. What? For the prices? No. For the for the for the um, car he, he shops at Coles because he likes the car. I love it. But he does he does what everyone does, Luke. He he shops where it's convenient for him. Like Thomas, hundred meters away from a Woolworths. I shop at Woolworths because it's down the end of my street. Mm. People, people, because there is only a duopoly, you either go to one or the other, and I'm not going to drive 15 minutes to go to Coles when there's a Woolies that's two minutes away. Yep. But we have a shopping centre down the road, five minutes down the hill from me. It has a Coles, a Woolies, and an Aldi. But that's, I com- still, that's complex. But I go to Coles because I know where the things are on their shelves. I'm paying the same prices for the same product that I would at Woolies, but the the Minister for War and Finance goes up the other end of this shopping centre and she goes to Aldi because of the prices. One more thing for Larry. Yep. Whatever you whatever you do when you're on the first tee on Saturday, Larry, please make sure that you don't have that quickie come out of you again. Might put your partners <laughs> out. <laughs> that, when I was playing the two, that was every tee shot, Scott. It wasn't just the first. Every yeah. time I what are you played. About? Sorry? What are you talking about? Oh, the noise. When, that Sometimes when you're on the first tee, you get a little towy, a little nervy. And the little noise <laughs> is, um, it might sound like a little bit of air coming from one of your oh, orifices. Right. Orify. Yeah. Which yeah, is plural yeah, for yeah. orifices. I've only got. Do you not remember, Luke, when you first played the quickie and Larry said, oh, excuse me? Must be something I ate. That's no, he doesn't right. listen to me at all, Scott. And yeah. No one listens to me. He doesn't listen to it. Pardon? He doesn't listen to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for you noticing me, Scott. Have a, have a great day, boys. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Good on you, Scotty. See you, mate. See, when you're, you're a little bit nervy, there's a gallery. Mm. When was the last time you played in front of a gallery? Oh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But it was, New South um, Wales Open? No, when I, when, I turned, Open. when I turned 50. Oh, what? I played in all those, but when I turned 50... I played in the Australian Senior Open with some of the superstars that I couldn't beat when I was playing. Is this back the in tournament you asked me to caddy for you and I couldn't? I think it might have been. You asked me to caddy yeah, for you. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I couldn't get the. T- Where were you? Oh, they wouldn't let me off work. It was an exclusive, it was Concord Golf Course, a very I know. exclusive golf course. And you said, Lukey boy, because you don't need me for yardage or. or no, no, I just need you to keep you my mind off. Keep, yeah. I went, I, was, to, I went to the wrong, I went to the ladies' toilet. Did I tell you? <laughs> I was in the ladies' cubicle. <laughs> I was that nervous. I went straight, just the first toilet I could I could mm. find. Well, ladies' mm. toilet, sat down and yes. with my size thirteen foot joy sticking out under the door, and I heard this jingly sound of someone coming in with bangles and stuff. And I thought, that sounds like my wife. And I, I popped up over the top of the, the cubicle, and it was my wife going into the opposite cubicle. And my first thought was, oh poor little thing, she's nervous too. She's coming to the men's. And I had a little peek to the left and right, and there was no troughs, and I was in the ladies' toilet. One of the most exclusive golf clubs in Sydney. There's more to that story, but we're running out of time. Luke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> save that for another day. Mm-hmm. So when you're nervous and you're playing in front of a lot of people, and you you know you you you're playing for your mortgage, mm-hmm. and you you backswing and then suddenly, oh no no that happens. <laughs> <laughs> not in your backswing. Usually, when I'm bending over, turning it up, or getting the—that's why no one stood behind me. The gallery used to used to pan, look separate, you know, like, like the like the, like ocean, the Red Sea, like the Moses thing. Like yeah. The, yeah. yeah, little kiddies were running around, and parents were grabbing them by the hand. Come over here, come, come get away from him. Yeah, that's it. We're not in on Can- the tee, Larry Canning. We're not in Kansas. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thanks to Callaway. Yeah, thanks to, thank you. If Callaway had been there back then, I would have.
Are Callaway going to listen to this? Yes, yes, they probably will. They're proud yeah. sponsors of Larry, who writes for Inside Golf. Yes. He writes for Inside Golf magazine. It's a very good column. Uh, Inside Golf is a free magazine. It's in every pro shop in Australia. Mm. And Driving La- ranges, clubs, everything. Larry Canning's column is a must-read. So, golfers, this is the bloke. Um, s- where am I going? Simon, hello. How are you guys? We're great, Simon. Talk. I uh, just want to have a go at the quickie if I can. Did you hear my latest clue? Um, yes, but not in Kansas anymore. Yes, yep. which would yep. mean? It would be Kansas, carry on my wayward son. Or we're right now in Asia, heat of the moment. Simon? Uh, yeah. No. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice, Luke. Come on, they're having a crack. Ben, hello. Hey, how you going, Luke? I'm good, thank you, Ben. Talk, you're on the man cave. Yep, long time listener, first time caller. Hey, um, what a guy, got an 11-year-old boy. He started off pretty good kid and um, had motorbikes and, you know, into trucks because I'm in the trucks. And then we bought him a PlayStation and probably didn't really look into it. And he plays this game Fortnite. Yeah, well, I've heard of it, yeah. Probably my fault for not looking into it, but... Mate, it's, it's wrecked him. He's yelling at the, the TV screen. He's You pick him up from school, all he's worried about is going home and, yeah, playing Fortnite. And I was sort of just wondering. How old's your boy? He's 11 this year. Okay, Adam McDonald, your boy. Um, PlayStation, yep. the game Fortnite. I've heard about this. Yeah, Wonderboy plays it. Um, what, what's... It, it, it can't... He can get addictive. I mean, my boy was right into it for a period of time. Um, yep. But I just sort of gave him um, other avenues to 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 do, you know. Like, I put him into martial arts and now he's, he doesn't play game. He doesn't game at all anymore. He's spent his whole yep. living, waking life at the gym. So I think if you just find other avenues, other yeah, things to do him. rather than... Well, of course, you're the boss, Ben. Take it off him. Oh yeah, yeah and then oh, you, I, I took it. You I just did, got I to take it off. It off. Yeah, but I you're the boss. You, 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 are you captain, coach, sole selector? Oh, to no. take it off him. Say no, that's enough now. Let's do, we're going to do something else. To take it off him. You're the boss. What, what yeah. you got to think of? What you got to think of, Ben? It's 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 a game that it's not. It's not like one of those violent games. It's not yeah. a like. Grand Theft Auto, when you've got to What's run around per- stealing cars and killing people, it's basically you build your own, you build your own virtual world. Oh. Yeah, that's that's what it is, and, and you can you can interact with other people in in your world, and you can go into their worlds, and and basically you can you can literally. Um, I was looking at Wonder Boys a while ago, and he's got castles, he's got factories, he's got, and it it, it is a a, a really good um, imagination tool, but um, you can yep. get really really deep into it. Um, but yeah, like I said, I there's a lot know. worse games out there, man. Yeah, I don't understand it. That's well, why, why would something like that, which sounds pretty innocuous, why would that cause rage? Oh, when he loses, or like he loses, like whatever they lose, he's just going off at the table. You can, like, yeah. you can, you can go into like because you can interact with other people and um, NPCs. They're called non-player. Characters, I think it stands for, where it's just a, a computer-generated person. And like, if you've got a factory that makes, um, you know, makes cars, for instance, someone can take one of your cars. So yep. you can interact, and you can, you can, um, you know, you can mess with other people. But um, yeah, 
look, Ben, I'd just sort of look at other avenues, just give him other options. Um, and at the end of the day, it won't last. Like, they'll, he'll get bored of it. Um, it might be might be pretty full on now, um, yeah, but yeah. just sort of lim- limit his time and... Um, yeah, limit his time and he'll, he'll eventually it'll fade Fortnite but he's, he's 11 yeah mate yeah, yeah well I, I, I once again he's 11 you're the boss take it off him yep another thing is that am I being too simplistic here yeah I think so mate am yeah. I why yeah. what about your buying no, you something just... that he might be interested in so yeah, what was he interested right. in before get, the game yeah get him Grand Theft Auto no so a cricket bat or a ball or a yeah it's got worse because footy's been off and the footy's just come back on so that'll probably yeah, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, and then by the time that, by the time the footy season's over, he's going to be a bit older. So you know, it, yeah. it will wane. It's it's all about having other things to do rather than you know, you get home, mm. um, there's nothing to do, so I'm going to get on Fortnite. So you can get really involved in it. But other other yeah. avenues, get him a set of golf clubs, get him, you know, take him to the yeah. take him to the local karate dojo. There's there's yeah. there's heaps of things you can do, um, to to get him off it. Yeah, you got to yeah. buy. You got to put it there in front of him. Got to put it in between yeah. him and that and that video. Yeah. Another thing, quickly, Luke. The, the power pollen. The old man blankets. He's in his sixties. We got him on the power pollen a couple. Oh no, six months ago. Yes, mate. It's changed him. Eh? Like he, he's got a nickname blankets because he don't mind to sleep. But he's actually, <laughs> actually getting the job done. And he's got his other mates onto it. He's got petrol onto it. Petrol's going all right on it. And yeah, no, they're loving it. And, it's yeah, a, it, it, it is unbelievable. Powerpollen.com.au. And it's a food. I mean, it hasn't been made in a laboratory by somebody in a white lab coat. This is just pollen that's collected by bees. They The nature bee people harvest it. Then they put it through a milling process so that the husk is broken so you can absorb it all. And the energy and the better night's sleep and the concentration. Yeah. And and the and what it does for your immune system, so I'm I'm so glad he, he, it's changed his life, hasn't? Mate, like he's getting the job done. You know, he he didn't mind to sleep. Like I said, he loved to sleep, and that's how he got his nickname. And yeah, now he sort of he gets gets a truck <laughs> one end of the other with no sleep, basically. Yeah. Since he's been on the power pollen. Yeah, that's great. No, I love changed that. Changed him, mate. Yeah. I love that story. Thank but, you, Ben. No worries. Thanks, you, Tom. No, thank you for good calling. on you, Ben. Yeah. You, ben. Hey, good luck, good luck with good luck with the young one, mate. Yeah, just, mate. just give yeah, him nah. distractions. Yeah, you'll get you'll get past he it. Ha- he hates me because I have taken it off him, and he's yeah, it's the worst thing in the world. Well, I mean, well, maybe hang on, hang maybe on. instead of maybe instead of taking it off him, maybe just limit the time. Yeah, and say, look, yeah. you, you can have an hour, and 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 then that's it. So he at least yeah. still gets on there, and you're not the you're not the ogre in the in the family. Because um, I get it; it's hard. Um, Relationships between boys and son- and fathers sometimes, so you've got to sort of play the game. But yeah, um, I, I just limit his better, time and give him options. Yeah, I got a better relationship with my daughter than my son. Yeah, it kills mm. me a little bit. It'll it'll yeah. it'll come it'll come around, mate. It, it'll come around. It'll, you'll be right. No worries, guys. Thank you. All right, good yeah, on you, Ben. Hey, Ben, you you stay there. I'm going to send you something. Okay. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grand Theft Auto, should we give him that? Oh, you're <laughs> not right, Luke. Have a look at yourself. Look at the mirror. Just over there. Look, look. Have a look. <laughs> no. Do you like what you see, Luke? No. No, we'll, no. we'll give him a T-shirt or something. Stay there, Ben. All right, thank you. Thank you, mate. What? 
There's not a drip of good in you. What? You, you know, you understand. There's that, not right? tonight. Look. There's not tonight. Nah, Larry. just generally. The milk of human kindness flows through my veins. Come on. Well, it, it, I'm it's, only you joking. A, you need a trance. I was only joking. An IV or something. But seriously, the... if you've got an 11 year old child and they're addicted to something that's creating bad behavior, as a parent, don't you just take it away? Well, yeah, it's, it's not that easy. That's, that's it's very simple. Like, Isn't you, it? you won't nah, win with that. Nah. No. It, it'll work, but you won't win. Let's ask our listeners. Okay. 11. He's 11. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad that he says he's, you know, he doesn't have a relationship with his son like he does mm, with his daughter. Yeah. 13353 is the telephone number. Am I a bad man? Am I? Mm. Yes. I mean yes. well. I mean well. <laughs> It's the Man Cave in Triple M. Paul Kelly here on the night shift with Luke Boner, one triple three five three. Uh, you guys have got to go soon. The Man Cave is just about drawn. I think we've milked. <laughs> milked a lot, done a lot of milking. I think you've uh, you've ins- you've insulted everyone. You can. My job is done. Good job. Good. My job is done. But I I do actually want to hear from um, parents who have had a teenager or a young one. A, uh, addicted to something, whether it's a PlayStation game or whatever, um, doesn't the parents have the right to say no? It could be food. What if you're addicted to, to, to fast food and you see your child becoming obese? You take it away, don't you say no? Isn't it up to the parent? Isn't that part of being a parent, being able to say no? Yes, of course it is. Yes, well, what, but why are you arguing with me? I'm then? not arguing with the, with, with, with the rationale, but the, the delivery of no... Removed. Yeah, that's it's just right. going to put up a wall. I mean, you, it's yeah. an eleven-year-old kid is—he's it, just working out who he is and what his opinions are on things, and he's, he's not going to like that at all. I, I, I can't see that working, mate. That black and white is not saying no to Fortnite. Come up with it you, if you're Re- replace replace it with something. Is that what you're absolutely saying? replace? That's right. It with yeah, something. limit the limit the time and replace with something. Yep. Maybe um, something you, you can both. Maybe something you can both do together. Go fishing, bike riding. Yep, yep. You know, like we live in a in a wonderful country with wonderful weather. Um, just get outdoors, and you know, like you said, footy season's back on, so he'll, he, it'll it'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, I reckon he will. Well, I mean, that, I meant that. I just meant take it away. If it's causing so much angst, what about? I know there's a a lot of Australians, a lot of Australian parents have a problem with their children and mobile phones now it wasn't an issue for me and when jacob got to high school he had a little nokia thing and it could only make or receive calls and it could play golf at pebble beach it was a right snake it played snake yeah, yeah. okay but now every child believes yeah, yeah. they're entitled to a 1200 dollar phone what, what, what do, you, do they need that? Don't you say no if you don't think they need it? Do you, do, well, do you... I went through that. I went through that with um, Wonderboy, and I just stopped paying the bill. I stopped paying the bill one month, and then okay. Um, there's times when you can have your phone, you can't have your phone, you don't need it in your hand the whole time. Um, do but, you kids... know we we haven't we haven't always seen eye to eye, um, but you know we've, we've come good. He's my best mate now. Do kids need access to the internet? I mean, just a simple, old-fashioned Vodafone, so that you can contact them. They can contact you. You can text them. Do we need? Do our kids really need these smartphones with access to the internet? Well, do the, do, are the kids actually using twelve hundred dollars phones? Yes, they are. And I'm, I'm out of the loop a bit. Yes, they I'm, are. 
I'm a grandparent now, so yes, they are. And the, and Michael Carr Gregg, the renowned child psychologist, believes that these phones has had a lot to do with increased violence and bullying and the fighting at school because they video it, they use the camera, and then they upload it onto the internet. For a lot of this, a lot of this mm. youth crime that we're dealing with at the moment, they video it on the phones mm. and put it up on YouTube or over the talk or Instagram or mm. whatever mm. it is, and it's the phones that's, that's the conduit. They, a lot of these kids are stealing cars, not because they want a car, so that they can video... Who can, af- who can afford a $1,200 phone for a kid? Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I've never been in that position. I mean, Adam? I gave... One of my old phones I needed to upgrade, mm. so I gave it the Wonder Boy. I got the f- screen fixed, mm. and yeah, okay. he's still got it. That's the only phone he's ever had. It, I mean, he, the the Wonder Boy is not real flash. He doesn't he doesn't give a shit about having the best phone. He's, as long as it works, he doesn't mm. Mm. he does he doesn't care. He's not about getting the newest thing of everything. Uh, anyway, um, enough of all of that. I said that the clue for the quickie was we're not in Kansas anymore, and you bagged me. Terrible. That clue. is correct, and it has been. It's it's this. This is podcasted, isn't it? So we can't escape this. This is going to be the the. I'm gutted. The I, evidence just, is there. Yeah, I'm gutted if someone well, gets on. this right. Terry, hello. Hang on. Yep. Hang on. Hang on. Yes. What? Go, Terry. What do you got? Well, if it's going to be. Um, Wizard of Oz, you got to think Toto, don't you? It's going to be Africa. Well done, Terry. Thanks, Terry, mate. I hate you. I've never met you, <laughs> but I hate you. I'm sorry. Was that a... Was that a sorry, I think we're breaking up. Are you there? Yeah, mate. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Don't you pull that trick. <laughs> <laughs> don't you pull that one. Terry's right here. Terry, what was it that gave it away for you? Oh, don't Oh, straight it. away. When you said Wizard of Oz, I thought Toto. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Yeah, Are you related, Terry, yeah. to Luke at all? One, oh, maybe. We could yeah. one, I think you might say, did he one, ring one, one, one caller out of 45 to yeah. get the clue. Hang on a second. Thomas. Mate. Okay, hand on your heart. Um, when I gave the clue, what happened? The whole phone board lit up like a Christmas tree. And what were they saying? They were saying they want to guess for the quickie. And what, were the, what was their answer? Africa Toto. Going away. That's enough. <laughs> see, see you, mate. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wreck. I'm just Terry. A, I'm a skeleton. Yeah. Congratulations. You've won a Triple M T-shirt. Awesome. Would you like? Do you play golf? Ah, uh, yeah, I do, mate. Yes, I'm. I'm forced, even though I don't like you, Terry, to to offer you a dozen of nah, the brand new Callaway Tour X golf balls. Well, I'm not going to say he's no, gonna, am I? <laughs> he's going to come and he's going to come and personally throw me. A little bit nauseous, I said that. <laughs> well done, Terry. R- much deserved. Thank you so much, buddy. You stay there. Thomas is going to get your details. You've got awesome. a dozen Callaway. What are they two, called? Tour X. Join you, Terry. Tour X. You'll love them. They're, they've just been released. John, John Ram Thanks. uses them. Thanks, guys. Appreciate a, it. And a triple MT. No. Terry, what was that? 
<laughs> what was that, Terry? Well, I'm his wife. Oh, my wife. Put put her on, Terry. What's your wife's name? T-shirt. Hang on, hang on. Okay, hang on. I'm excited for the T-shirt. Well, just so long as you're excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what size do you want? Do you want it for you or do you want it for Terry? Oh, it doesn't matter if if I get it. Uh, I'll get a, probably a triple XL or something, and she'll wear it as pajamas. I guess. No, 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 no. We can send you two. We'll give you one. For, what? We'll, oh, that's great. We'll get. We'll send. Uh, we can send a big one for your wife for a nighty. Yep. Or whatever oh, you want. A lot of love in the studio at the moment for you, Terry. I don't know if you remember me, Luke. And I'll give you the the, the um, PlayStation game Fortnite for your kids oh. for later on. <laughs> <laughs> don't have any kids, mate. So that, yeah, <laughs> you can keep that one. You're going, Terry. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, I don't remember. I don't think. I don't know if you remember me last year. I spoke to you about the DNA test. Oh my God! You remember me, Terry? Yeah. Do I remember you? Have you got? Yeah. Have you got some closure for me? Yeah, mate. Well, hang I'll, on. My, I've got to uh, stay there. No, stay there. Stay hang there. on. I want to hear this. I want to. I yeah, want to hear what this. Is this? I've I've got to take a break and come back. Can you stay there, Terry? Yeah, mate, can do. Okay. I I just did I just did my ancestry test and I got it back no, last no, week. Wait till you hear Terry's story. Right. And I have thousands of podcast listeners that write in and say we want to know how Terry's journey finished. Oh. This is the most. We're extending the man cave to hear this story. Okay, okay. Wait until you hear Terry's story. It will. It is drop dead. What the. Folks, stay where you are. Don't touch that dial. Wait till you hear this story. Back in a sec. Okay, I do apologise. We have commitments that we have to have to play here on uh, commercial radio. And um, I, I think, Adam, your fee's just been taken care of. <laughs> Adam, are you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Larry Canning, you're still here. The man cave would have normally finished by now, but Terry's rung in and he rang me. He got caller of the week. Ages ago. Um, when did you get caller of the week, Terry? I think it was around the 7th of July I called you. So middle of winter. Okay. Terry, in as little words as possible, try and bring us all up to speed. What was your story? Well, you guys were discussing um, child support and dads were calling in. and So I called in and said, look, back in 2006, I had a DNA test of a, a daughter that I had seven years old and I found out she wasn't mine. Um, I paid child support, things like that. Uh, never got a cent back, but, but I don't want it back. I think it went to a good cause and things like that. Uh, that's what I discussed with you. And we, we talked about it in, in length and point of view and stuff like that on, on, on people's situations and dads. And um, It's different for everybody, but uh, us blokes do get a bum steer and things like that. You paid child support for the seven years? Uh, not quite for the seven years, probably for about four of that. What made you, tell us again, why did you get the DNA? What, what made you suspicious? Well, since my daughter was born, I, people were telling me that maybe she wasn't mine and things like that. How did they, why did they say that? How, why did um, they think that? Because I was being lied to and they, they knew about it and things like that. Um, but I still wasn't sure. So, um, I tried and tried to get a DNA test with my ex, but it took me about, uh, four to five years to finally convince her to do it. Um, was she to... nervous about doing it? Did she, did she know? Yeah, yeah, she was because I had visitation rights, but uh, through the courts, um, she breached two where she disappeared twice and uh, three times. Um, and I had to get orders to find out where she was through Centrelink and things like that. 
um, and uh, they found her and, and uh, I got to see my daughter again. Uh, but then I had the DNA test, paid a thousand bucks for it. Um, and once she found out, I saw my daughter for two more weeks and I haven't seen her since. How uh, much did you pay in child support, do you reckon? Thousands. Okay. Adam, I'll, I'll invite both Larry and Adam in on this. Yeah. So you got the DNA test done through suspicion. Friends of you who knew your ex-wife said, listen, I don't think things are right here. The question I remember asking you, Terry, was even though biologically you found out that she wasn't your daughter, did you still regard her as your daughter? Yeah, I did. Of course. Of course you do. Uh, you brought her up. You saw her born. I watched watched her uh, be born and things like that. And and you go through everything like you're her father. Um, and there's no no words to describe the feeling when you find out um, and things like that. So yeah, no, I definitely felt like her father still. Why are you um, disassociated now, Terry? Why are you not seeing each other? She disappeared. She, she disappeared um, because she was disappointed with the result of the DNA. Don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, after that. Um, yeah, um, oh, we went our separate ways, and, and I know this might sound bad, but I got my life back, and I got to start again, um, and I, I wasn't no longer living a lie, yeah, and and things like that. So it, it yeah, it's it's a tough thing to go through and explain, but um, yeah. I wouldn't so, wish it on anybody. So here is a daughter that biologically isn't yours, but in your heart is. Yeah, and you can't find her. I, I didn't have a leg to stand on. I spoke to people about it. And I wouldn't have had a leg to stand on. What did you do anyway, wrong? Because I'm no longer her father. What, 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 what were they saying? What was, what was what were you seen as doing wrong? I, I don't understand nothing, that. Nothing. The DNA test proved that I the was DNA not test. When you say it, it, it proved his wife was lying, but, and she and, had been collecting child support. Mm. But he didn't. He didn't have a leg to stand on. Well, why is that? No, well, that's the way it works, mate. I, I, I'm no longer her biological father. I went back to the yeah, uh, child support and and asked for money. Where do I get this money back? Do I have it? I tried, oh, and, and and they said no. We don't do with that. You have to go and sort that out yourself. Are you entitled legally to get that child support back? Do you want it back? I, I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. No, I don't want it back. Like I said, it went to a good cause. And she's good being a bystander in this, mate. Yes, yeah, she is. She deserved every cent, mate. Sorry, it's not her vice fault. captain. Um, it's because the, the 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 rules and the laws behind these sort of situations they're very black and white. You can't. Yeah. The law very very rarely takes every every um, case into account and all the little in, nuances, differences, and stuff. So it's yeah nuances. So it's it's just black and white. So it does make it very very hard for it to, for you to do anything legally. So out there somewhere, how old would she be now? Oh, but she was born in 1999, mate, so she'd be 24, 25 now. And you wonder every day, where is she? Does she remember me? You were, her, as far as you're concerned, you were her father for seven years. Wow. I, I look at it this way. It could have been worse. And you always got to think outside the square where you've got to think, what if I found out when she was 18, you know? Um, or it could always be worse. And, and I'm, not, I'm not the only one out there that this has happened to, of course. Mm. But one thing that Adam sure. said is, and when, when you're dealing with your kids, I, I hear you guys talking, I haven't had kids, I've been a stepfather uh, and those sort of things. But the one, one thing that Adam said it now is his best mate with his son. That, that in itself, when it comes to kids, is the most important thing. If you're best mates with your kids, they have someone to come to, they trust you, they believe in you. And that's, that's, that's so exactly important. right. 
It's so important. And you lose that, that's a big thing to lose because you're losing your best friend. So. Mm. It's in bad strife at school. He, he'll, he'll be, I'll be the first one he'd call. He says, Dad, I've messed up. I've done this. Um, and exactly. I always want to be that guy in his life where, and I, and I, and I tell, talk to him about it all the time. I said, I don't care what you do. You've got to be honest with me. You've got to be open with me. And no matter what happens, we can get you out of the situation you get yourself in as long as you're honest and open with me. And exactly. the, the relationship I've got with him is just, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. That's, that's awesome, mate. Yeah. It took you a while to get there, Adam, right? Absolutely. It was never, it was never smooth sailing. Like he, he, he's, he's got the, the best and the worst traits from both me and his mother. Like he's got a big heart, but he's got a hard head. Um, if he gets something that he thinks that he's been done hun by, it's very hard to get him around it. Um, but you know, it's, it's life. You, you, you learn from your mistakes, you, you grow, you, you, you do. Like I remember one day I went on the way to school, we had gotten this argument and he said something and I kicked him out of the car and said, I'm, I'm not dealing with you. Get out. I think it was in year eight or year nine. <laughs> And um, made him walk to school and he went and then he um, got to school and he called me up and said, you know, I'm really sorry. Can you come and get me? And I did. Of course, I left work and we went we went and had a um, hot chocolate together and we sorted it out. But, um, you know, you've just got to work through these things and, and talk to your kids and, and just be there for them. That Regardless of what they do, you, you're there. Larry, you've got three boys. Mm. Um, you haven't got girls. I've had both. I wonder if boys are... Are boys different to girls to raise? I don't know. Um, the one thing that made things, talking about emotional cycles and things like that, and dads being having relationships with their kids, you, I mean, your three boys, you're mates with them. Yeah, I, and they're I, golfers, I hope so. and one's I'd a golf pro. So. Yeah, they yeah. are, they are, they are. And one thing that made things maybe a little easier for you, Adam, is that uh, your boys, Wonder Boy's mother and you, are, uh, remain friends. It's, it's that's right. It's not acrimonious. Let me tell you this. When a marriage dissolves and you're bringing up kids together, and if one half of the relationship hates you and spreads dreadful lies about you and mm. tries to poison the children against you with lies, it's hell. Life, yep. is, life is hell. And um, anyway, look, there is a number. If this is triggering for anyone listening to us, because I know there are lots of dads that for whatever reason can't see their kids... And it can be really tough, especially at Christmas and on Father's Day. Dads in Distress is a free organisation and they can help you. one three hundred eight five three four three seven. It's Dads in Distress. If any of this is triggering, please give them a call and just have a chat about it. Thank you so much for getting back to us, Terry. Good no worries, yeah, mate. Good thanks, Terry. thanks for sharing that, mate. Thanks, guys. Okay, and well done on the quickie. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is... um. I'm happily married from the 10th of January this year. Oh, good on you, mate. Good, uh, congratulations. Yeah, life goes on, guys, so well, just uh, don't give up. Well, that's yeah, why yeah. you're getting his and hers Triple M T-shirts, okay? <laughs> awesome, mate. Thank you very much. Would Appreciate you like it. to introduce your song? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Go. <laughs> uh, that's how it all started. Uh, got, the song, um, you got it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Toto, Africa on Triple M. Don't say it again. It hurts. Sorry, what was it? <laughs> And what was the clue? What gave oh, it away? That's enough. Can <laughs> you milk it? There's no milk left, I'm surely. <laughs> Your nipples have just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got mastitis, haven't you? <laughs> you've got triple. Mmm. <laughs> st- One triple three five three. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Luke. Have I'm a great going week. Home. Thanks, See Vice you, Captain. Love your work. The night shift, triple M. 
The Craddies here on the night shift and Toto was our quickie. Yes, the clue was a dead giveaway. We're not in Kansas anymore. I knew exactly. I what know it was. you knew. Yeah. I know that you knew that and I knew. But Larry and the vice captain said, no, what that's a stupid clue. Pretty sure like a neural pathway or something. Stop that. <laughs> Um, folks, uh, Friday morning, the night shift, I'll be on Channel 7 Sunrise later this morning at 6.45, talking about what? Doesn't matter. It could be anything. Just, <laughs> it could be anything. Uh, the hot topics of the day, so I, ho- I hope you can tune in. Channel 7 Sunrise, 6.45, later this morning. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Now, I've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Dr. Carl. Krizanicki. We love Dr. Carl. We love Dr. Carl. And Thomas, it was an interesting observation from you this week that sparked Dr. Carl's hot topic for the day. Yeah, it was. So tell the folks what your thought process, because it's a really interesting topic coming up. I was having a chat with a friend and mm. we were talking about the world of relationships and how we observe people fall in and out. And we observe for so long that people go through this cycle where they have this seven-year itch. Mm. Most relationships we've all heard last the, seven We've all years. heard the term. The yeah. se- there was a movie. There was, Marilyn yeah. Monroe, the seven-year itch. So the, the term, the seven-year itch, that is the term, the time that people get sick of being in the relationship, mm-hmm. that, that has been around for a long time, the seven-year itch. Yeah, and I wondered, if is there anything scientific behind it? Because we regenerate ourselves, we change over time. Do our feelings change for people in that seven-year bracket? And why seven? Yeah. Why seven years? Is there any science behind it or is it just, you know? Poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there might be something in it. You may have hit on something. Why do we call it the seven-year rich? And we, our bodies regenerate themselves. Our cells are always regenerating. Our brains regenerate. Is it a seven-year cycle? Do we become different people after seven years? Or is that bull? Why, where do we get the term the seven-year itch? We're going to look at it in a bit of detail with Dr. Carl coming up right after this. It's all ladies. It's all ladies all day here on the Triple M Network. Duran Duran, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Night shift at triple M dot com dot au. Uh, going to talk to uh, Shane Oliver, uh, our finance expert, in just a second. Um, the latest on Woolworths, Qantas, and exactly what businesses are making money, which ones aren't, and if you're going to put, if you're going to invest some money into uh, an Australian business uh, and maybe invest your super in it, which one would you go for? Uh, We'll have a look at the latest finance figures with Shane Oliver shortly. And Quinton Long, our travel man, have you ever heard of the term slot hoarding? Have you ever been sitting in the departure lounge of an airport and you're looking at um, at the board, the departure board, and all of a sudden the flight that you're on at 7.20, suddenly says delayed 7.40 or disappears altogether. Uh, It may not be because of technical issues. It may be because that airline has been slot hoarding in order to block out its opposition. Sydney Airport, for example, 80 flights an hour is its limit. 
Seems like a lot, doesn't it? It is a lot. It's a lot of flights taking off in one hour, but the limit is 80. So different airlines book their slot in that one hour period, their place in the queue. And if you have completely booked out all the places in a particular hour, other airlines can't get in because you're in the queue. And then what often happens is those airlines will cancel or delay their flights having successfully blocked out the competition. It's called slot hoarding, and it may have affected a flight you've been on or haven't been on recently. The truth behind slot hoarding and what it's all about coming up soon here on The Night Shift. Opinions are flying. The studio hotline is running hot. Five hours to kill on the Triple M Network with The Night Shift. Having said that, there is an 80-20 rule in place where you've got to honour 80% of the slots that you booked, but 20%, there's a lot of leeway there to bump flights or cancel them without any penalty. Anyway, more on that with Quentin Long, our travel expert, coming up in just a second. Hey, listen, if it's green and it grows, you'll love Swift Grow. I loved it when Pat rang the other week. But I put some on my lawn, Luke, in a certain spot. Yep. And a couple of weeks later, when my lawnmower man came and said, what's happened to your lawn? Mm. He said, what? Oh, I said, why? He said, because it's grown really well here and it's short over there. <laughs> and that's what people say. It happened with our lawn. We put Swift Grow on a dead patch. Uh, we think it had been sprayed with Roundup, a glyphosate. And it came back to life, bigger and better than ever. And our neighbours said, did you put new turf down? This is how good Swift Grow is. Greener lawns, bigger plants, better water retention, better tasting veggies, better tasting fruit. The all natural Swift Grow. And it's being used in countries all around the world now. It's 100% organic barramundi fertilizer, but the results are unbelievable. A five litre bottle of Swift Grow, just 120 bucks, and it goes a long, long, long way. Free delivery anywhere in Australia. If it's green and it grows, you need Swift Grow. Montana is Joe's oldest daughter, and she's the one in charge of dispatch and orders. So you contact swiftgrow.com.au. Say hello to Monty and tell her Luke sent you, and she will look after you. Swiftgrow.com.au. There you are. That's Quentin Long, who is the founder and editor of Australian Traveller and Australian International Traveller. So there you are. Slot hoarding. It's a sneaky trick, isn't it? And can you successfully as an airline uh, fudge your figures within that 20% margin, still get away with it? I think 20%, if you're fiddling with 20% of your flights, just in order to block out the competition so they can't get into those slots. Remember, Sydney Airport, only 80 flights an hour. Seems like a hell of a lot. But when you're taking off on a plane, you, you haven't got a rear vision mirror. You're not looking behind you. There's 79 other planes behind you <laughs> waiting to take off. But there are only, and with the curfew, there's 80 slots an hour. You book those slots, your competitor can't get in. It's called slot hoarding. And you heard it here on the Night Shift on Triple M. 
Oh, it's a busy Friday. We love Fridays. We get ready for the weekend, and that means we get ready for sport. Michelle Bishop, best in the business, joins us now. Thanks to Nature Bee Power Pollen. Did the Power Pollen get you up bright and early this morning, my mate? Look, if I didn't have it, trust me, I would not be here this morning because I'm a little bit ahead of you. Uh, well, behind you guys this morning, I'm in Queensland. So, yeah. It's, oh, um, nice no. To me. <laughs> oh, Anyways, two capsules got me pumped. I'm up and ready to go. Two little golden capsules. It keeps us going. Power Pollen, Nature Bee, powerpollen.com.au. A fair bit to get to. We'll start with everyone's still talking about the rugby league, even people who don't follow rugby league, because Peter Volandis is very, very clever. Whether or not they sell 60,000 seats in Las Vegas is neither here nor there. The publicity that Volandis has created around this Las Vegas doubleheader rugby league game is very, very clever, and everyone's arrived, I think. Yeah, well, look, the problem is, though, um, there might be a few people in la-la land. So the Americans, they're obviously embracing for this new sport um, to get underway, which will count as the official round one of the NRL, but played over there, a double header. Um, all, as you say, all the teams have arrived, but the problem is not everybody is staying in Sin City. Uh, this one's very interesting. Wanted to run this one by you this morning. Mm-hmm. South Sydney, they're staying in San Diego, but a special leave pass was given this afternoon to one of their star players, Damien Cook, um, to go to Disneyland. Right. Um, but I'm Why not? South- Why not? Well, I'm loving South. Well, there's supposed to be a bit of a hit and run mission to get over there and watch, a, watch, um, you know, manage your workload and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just absolutely loving. Big fan of South Sydney. Big fan of the management there. But big points to them this morning for their PR spin on Damien Cook's quick dash uh, to the happiest place on earth. Now, what's happened is he's been given a leave pass. He's going to go to Disneyland, uh, meet up with his wife and two children. Uh, Willow and Jagger, and they're going to have an absolute ball at Disneyland. In fact, they'd be probably doing it now um, if if um if the time. Uh, they may of... as well do Universal Studios while they're there. Well, well, the clubs estimate, and then just up the road is Knott's Berry Farm. Do that as well. Well, there you go. Why not? Just just tick all the boxes. But the club has estimated Cook will cover twenty thousand steps at the amusement park, running around after his two kids. <laughs> It'll be a bit of a, you know, they're going to give him a bike, a, a like one of those electric bikes that, or, or cars to run around in. This is an absolute pearler. Oh, look, if I were them, I'd just say, hey, look, he's sneaking out. He's going with his family. There's a couple more um, uh, players that are going to do it on the weekend as well. Uh, but to try and, um, and smooth it over with the high-performance manager as a bit of a, you know. It's exercise. It's unbelievable. I think that is the best spin I've ever heard. I think Me that's too. Fantastic. Me too. Just keep him away from the it's a small, small world ride because that mucks up your head for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. Well, I hope everyone takes that one into consideration. It, have you ever been on it? I haven't. Oh, been... don't. The song haunts you, I'm serious, for the rest of your life. And don't go on it. Don't go anywhere near it. Anyway, um, does anyone care? I believe that 60,000 is the capacity of the stadium. They've sold about 30,000 bish. Is that right? Yeah, look, um, and that's probably a little bit more realistic. I think everybody has to get in their heads that this is not so much about getting, I guess, bums on seats there. It's the subscriptions with Foxtel. Uh, it's the it's the wagering. That's what the NRL is interested in doing. And I've copied, copied a little bit this week about, you know, obviously spending a bit of money, taking it over there. We'd love to see that money be uh, spent in, on grassroots footy here because we're seeing the AFL trying to make inroads in uh, areas which have been traditionally rugby league heartland. 
but the thing is they're sort of their thinking is okay we'll get over there we'll make some money and we'll have that money to bring back and invest so do you what know do? Do, you know what a, do you know what a cunning plan would be to somehow manipulate it that taylor swift breaks up with her nfl boyfriend and falls in love with a rugby league player imagine what that would do oh my imagine God. what that would do for rugby league now sydney needs to get their head together exactly and we need to get the love affair. Look, I was going to have a Taylor Swift free zone. For yeah, goodness. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very, very – I am, actually. You have no idea I'm, how, how sorry I am. Um, well, Luke, just quickly, just on that. So we know Taylor Swift's NFL star boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey, has touched down in Australia. Wondering if any of our listeners are having uh, – will have thoughts on this, but a Google search for Travis Kelsey – They've increased by 667% in the past 12 months. Uh, he's obviously the Kansas City Chiefs' uh, absolute superstar, but he's now become a fashionista. Oh. Uh, his his uh, fashion sense, so the relaxed, bold suitings, textured two-piece with stoner surfing details are all the rage. Mm. Apparently, all sportsmen are now having a huge impression on the general public when it comes to uh, fashion, the NRL stars with mm. their Western ringer and the stuff they decide to wear. Wonder what our listeners think of that one. Imagine if he was a spokesperson. Imagine if he was a spokesperson for Crocs. <laughs> oh dear! Oh hey? those, those shoes, those shoes. I'm serious. Crocs with socks. Wore <laughs> them at the zoo yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Um, what else have we got? The Boomers had a lucky escape. Oh, this was, um, uh, yeah, very lucky. A bit of a scare. 85-71 winners over Korea in the FIBA Asia Cup 2025. That should have been a 45-point boomer game. Yeah, absolutely. Poor old Brian Gorton. I think he's lost more hair. Really tough spot. He wasn't able to pick any of the elite players. They're obviously focusing on mm. the NBA at the moment. Um, but a bunch of teenagers got the, the job done. So I guess, you know, it, it's exciting moving forward. But as you say, they should have flogged them. But they've uh, come from behind. and They take on Indonesia next over in Indonesia. And it's a big weekend for the Matildas. That too. It's huge. But guys, I actually just quickly want to get to this one story because I know we're running out of time. Uh, Corey, how we're a night up. Guys, this story is fantastic. Progression, finally. This was the NRL star, the Canberra star that had a, a seizure. No one, we, we, we all saw it. It was all uh, there on live television uh, when the Raiders were playing South Sydney last year in May. He's um, been trying to, he's been working with specialists trying to find a way back. Um, but he's going to have a defibrillator uh, strapped uh, or basically inserted into his arm. That'll measure his heart rate. Uh, it will also, uh, you know, give, uh, if, if his, his heart rate does stop, it'll give it a kick along. Um, there's still no word on whether or not uh, the NRL is going to actually allow him or, or doctors or specialists are going to allow him back to play in the NRL. That's obviously uh, what he's hoping for. But um, it's at 28 years of age. Suffering that seizure, that was in May. He's been, you know, trying very, very hard to get back on the field since. Uh, it's, it's a big move, but a defibrillator inserted into your arm. That's unbelievable stuff. Tell me about the um, this tragic story developing overnight uh, concerning an AFL umpire. Oh, look, isn't this a change in pace? Um, look, uh, the story, as you say, is still developing. Police are investigating the disappearance of a former Channel 10 presenter, and he's actually a current AFL umpire. Uh, and his uh, attendant boy, a flight attendant boyfriend, he works for Qantas. So Luke Davies and Jesse mm. Baird, of course, um, Baird's well-known in the AFL community, as I say. He was supposed to uh, attend, attend a, a simulation match between the Swans and uh, GWS Giants yesterday morning. It was actually a no-show. Um, 
credit cards, keys and a mobile phone Zero, were found yeah. in at Cronulla in South Sydney. The pair is nowhere to be seen and a New South Wales serving police officer is now being, well, uh, they're sorting him for uh, a bit of assistance in the matter. As you say, can't say a terrible much more about it, but it's just a tragic situation and the AFL community are all sort of rallying and, and hoping for the best. And as I said earlier quickly, the Matildas, uh, they've got their first Olympic qualifier this weekend. Uh, they should get through? Yeah, well, let's hope Uzbekistan. so. Uzbekistan. Yeah, Uzbekistan. Um, it's it should be an easy match, uh, as you say. It is a uh, an no Sam Kerr. The defeat no well no no Sam for Kerr. The twenty five degree heat might also be a bit of an issue uh, in in uh, well in Dubai. Um, Tony Gustafsson's picked you know who he, he thinks should get the job done. Uh, look, I'm, I'm I'm backing them. I think that they'll do okay. It'll be a tight one, uh, but as I say, that the heat might might be a bit of an issue. Uh, obviously missing Sam Kerr, but we've got to always. We can't just always rely on Sam. No, Kerr. you can't. There's so much more than just Sam Kerr. They're huge with her, but you know, um, you know, Caitlin Ford. There's a whole lot of other stars that um, will obviously be able to get. You've the job. got to win without Sam Kerr. The Bulls had to win without Michael. Yeah, that's exactly. I don't right. know. Is that a fair analogy? I don't know. I'm just. No, it's not. It's not. It's, not, it's nowhere near a fair analogy. I'm just making this up as <laughs> yeah. I go. Hey, I need some more nature pee. Hey, Bish, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Channel 7 over the weekend. Yep, on Saturday morning. Talk good soon, good soon. on Bish. Go Love your work, mate. And see you on the Man Cave next Friday. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to talk to you Monday morning. Oh, yeah, we'll do that before then. And we'll see how the Matildas went then. Good on you, Bisho. Love your work. Have a good day. Michelle see Bishop, thanks to Power Pollen. Nature Bee, powerpollen.com.au. The Night Shift, Triple M. Tessa Randella is uh, on the air this morning reading Triple M News on Triple M uh, 104.9 in Sydney and everywhere else. She's in the studio with me now having a quick look at some of the headlines you're waking up to today. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, let me tell you, the Prime Minister, we've been talking about working from home, the mm -hmm. pros and cons, and Anthony Albanese is saying it's a win-win. Yeah, so he's backing the probe that's going to be done into the productivity benefits of working from home. And they're also looking into some of the obstacles that businesses are dealing with when it comes to this big issue. You know, you've got some big companies asking people to come in. There's some that are working well with working from home. So the government is going to look into it. The Australian Industry Group Chief, um, Ines Willos, has said that the Fair Work Review posed a clear risk of regulatory overreach and intrusion. So they think that if the government's going to start looking into some of these business things, kind of how some of these businesses operate, it should be the businesses who deal with it, not the federal government who's looking into whether or not fair work or, sorry, whether or not working from home is the most productive thing to do. Well, I think so long as it is win-win for both the employer and the employee, there are pros and cons to all of this. And of course, COVID really tested all this. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I tell you, one group of, one demographic that's really going to struggle when people do eventually leave home and go back to work, and that's the pets. Mm -hmm. That is the pets, that the dogs that people got yeah. to keep themselves company during COVID. And they've had their owners at home 24-7 yeah. for so long. They're, they're, and, and a lot of people are returning these dogs to dog shelters. It's sad, isn't it? It's horrible. And now a lot of them are anxious and you have to kind of be home with them more because these pets had people all the time. They did indeed. Scotty Phillips joins us on Fridays to join the conversation. Chief Economist from Motley Fool. He's online right now. Scotty, good morning to you. Morning, guys. I've got to ask you this. 
the opposition is now calling on banks to keep ATMs in regional areas after mm. new data has showed that the, the cash dispensers have been more than halved in Australia over the space of six years. Some people still need cash. Mate, it's crazy. You think about this. There were 13,800 ATMs in 2017. Seven years later, less than 5,700, in fact. So the fall is, you are not one miles away from being down by about two-thirds. And you're right. Here's the challenge. Most of us don't use cash anymore. The amount of cash in the economy is absolutely dwindling, at least that being transacted. Uh, bank, uh, yeah, businesses don't want it. People aren't using it. The challenge, as you rightly say, though, mate, is people. some people still do want to use it. Some businesses want to accept it. And think about particularly the regional areas. They haven't got great mobile coverage. You can't use the F-Bosch machine. You've got to have some readies in the back pocket. Uh, it, you know, it is, it is a big deal. And you think about the banks are already gone. The branches are being closed. And now the ATMs are being pulled out. It's, it's a really big one. Do you like to work from home? Go on. Let's talk about working from home um, because I've got Tessa here with me. Mm. Um, is it overreach? I mean, the Prime Minister says it's win-win. Look, it depends. Every every uh, individual case is, is, is different. I mean, for example, yeah. um, nurses, doctors, firemen, policemen, yeah, right. they can't work from home. No, mate, the old man was a fiery mum was a nurse. They, you know, it's hard, hard to do those jobs from home. It, you're right. And I was going to say about the, the taking the cash to work from home thing is the question is really what government should regulate versus what they should let businesses do and when government should step in. That's the real question. Tessa made that point earlier. Uh, it's, it's a very, very good one. Uh, you know, I... I I've got to say, one of the things we do is people who can work from home, all of a sudden businesses who said it wasn't possible learnt very quickly that it was possible during COVID. And so there is a question about, you know, which businesses are doing what. Should government mandate it? Probably not. I mean, the, the reality is, yeah, the reality is, if, here's the thing. If you can work from home and you can do it productively and your boss says no, you're going to go and find a boss who says yes, and that boss is going to get a better worker, generally speaking. But I don't know there's a role for government saying you must do this or you mustn't do that. There are rules we should have in place, whether work from home is one of those. I reckon that's a big question. Okay. Now, for example, Tessa here, right? Yeah. She, We have the technology for Tessa to be able to re research the news, write the news, mm. and read it from a home studio. Mm -hmm. No problem. But Tessa, do you prefer being in the workplace, rubbing shoulders with colleagues and, and exchanging ideas? And, well, and, and being part of a team. See, I prefer to be in the office, especially as a journo, because you can kind of bounce things off one another. Mm. You've got heaps of people getting calls in. But we also, in radio, didn't really get the chance to work from home as much as we would be able to do it if we didn't need, you know, audio equipment. <laughs> yeah, but you see, with the technology available now, you could actually do it. It could be done. But Tessa, as just said, she'd like to bounce ideas, rub shoulders and be part of a team, Scotty. Yeah, and that's right. Also, I'm the reverse, mate. So we, I was employee number two at the Motley Fool in Australia when we opened up. Uh, my <laughs> boss was on the Gold Coast. I was, I was in Sydney. And so literally, I've never worked from a Motley Fool office in a dozen years. Uh, this, this is not about COVID. This was just, I was there, he was here. Uh, you know, we were all online anyway. The computers worked. So we, we, we were using it back, back when we were using Skype and AOL Instant Messenger before Zoom ever you know, was, a, was an idea. So it, it, both are true. And it's a kind of a matter of how you make it work, whether the job's appropriate. As Tessa says, if you're a journal, you want to be in a room where you're bouncing ideas off, that's one thing. Most of my job is pretty solitary. It's research and writing and talking to you guys. You know, that's not necessarily a, a team a team job or not most of the time anyway. We still get together every now and again, but it's just not a, not an office-based job. But again, okay. that, that's the point, right? The right job for the right people. The government saying, Tessa, can't, ha can't work from home or I have to work in the office would be crazy. I just had a thought. What if your job was desktop publishing or you were a software expert or a computer expert and mm -hmm. for three years you've been working from home? Is it possible the boss could say, hang on, let's outsource Luke's job Let's yep. take it to the Philippines or India. They're cheaper. 
and that's you know what and that's that's the thing and this is where the work from home question is really not really again is it a government role no because think about the the reality of it you're absolutely right mate my job could be done by somebody i work from home for my half job the could price. be done by someone right in exactly. another yep. country in another yep. country for a third of your wage but here's the other thing, mate, it's going to be done anyway, whether I like it or not. It's not really about work from home. It's about any business saying, heck, where can I get the best, cheapest, highest value worker? If my boss considers it's me and I'm based at home, that's cool. If it's somebody who wants in the office or if it's someone from the Philippines, Vietnam, New Zealand or England yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. or, or, or America, they, they can pay more for a better person in America. It's not just cheaper necessarily. The walls are coming down really, really fast when it comes to where we work and how we work. All right. I tell you what, it could either be done by someone overseas or it could be done by AI. But yep. don't, don't get me started on that. You, <laughs> you have, you have a, yourself a fantastic weekend, Scotty. Love your work, mate. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Tessa. And you too, Tessa. Thank you so much for that. Yes, AI. Don't get me started on that. But mind you, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, instead of being so concerned and chewing your fingernails over artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. I think we should be focusing our attention on natural stupidity. The dice Friday, the dice Friday, Friday's fish, Thursday's shepherd's boy, Wednesday's a roast beef, Tuesday's soup, Monday's washing day, and everybody up here, you bet your life we are.